Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. What up, everybody? It is 10 a.m. in the District of Columbia, and the boys are back in town. Me, B, Jeff, and Landini. All in the same room at the same time. Good morning, everyone. How do you do? Actually, we're not in the same room at the same time. I mean, time. it kind of is. There's a glass wall. I can see it's the boys. still not a room. I do. Landville, I'd like to start with something important. Um, Jeff informed Brian and I that he has to leave early because he has a doctor's it's a appointment. a doctor's appointment. And then he's like, Does oh, it, wait. No, no, not a doctor's appointment. A what appointment? A dentist appointment. That, I think that's a doctor, too. So, Landville, I just wanted to check in with you that Jeff has to leave early before a three-day weekend for a doctor's appointment. Oh, wait, it's a dentist appointment. <laughs> How fitting is it that JP that he did a, pull a JP Finley there? How is he accusing whoa, 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 me of being him? Uh, JP, Jay, this Jay, is the first three-day weekend of Friday where you did not have to broadcast from home. That's a good point. You didn't have to leave. I haven't worked from home in months. Right, but usually when there's a holiday coming up, you find an excuse to work from home the day before yeah, that's leave. the. It's called I don't want to drive downtown itis. It's right. called vacation. We we are all aware of that. Yeah, but see, my thing I'm is I'm not hiding anything. I don't. You hide it every time you do it. I don't lie and say I got a dentist appointment, bro. I actually had the dentist appointment. You don't say on, I'm leaving early Tuesday. out of town. Yeah, at least I do the whole show. Might not be from here. I'm just glad <laughs> no we're all here. Way. I'm no just glad way. we're all here. <laughs> he I'm tried to throw me under the bus. I'm just glad we're all here. <laughs> And that's him backing over you and right I don't there too. Even, and I don't even get a three day weekend. That's so, the crazy. So here's what's what's that's crazy. Why, that's why he take it off today. He's like, make it three. <laughs> now, yeah, because he gets paid double Cause, on Monday. Cause if, he, if he got <laughs> off no, on Monday, bro, if he got radio. off on Monday, it'll be four days. So <laughs> he had to get off half the day. Then he come to work at what twelve o'clock on Monday. So he go get his three day weekend. No, I come into work at nine o'clock on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> um, so B Mitch uh, is on his program. So it's just me and Landfill for lunch today. Just leaving early? We we need to... Oh, I can find something to eat now. Hold on. No, 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 no. I was thinking five guys. Oh, I don't know if that's on oh. your program. No, nah, that's not on my program. <laughs> um, it can be. But just eat the... the, the uh... Well, we can figure that out. Yeah, yeah, I can work that out. Lettuce wrap. Now, let's uh, let's figure some stuff out from yesterday. The the big news yesterday... I guess we should try to get camera on because it's supposed to snow, right? I'll text Doug. Um, that's why Jeff getting out of here. Running from the snow. Oh, no, nah, I play in the snow, bro. I got a Jeep. <laughs> hey, did you, anybody ever take you up on your uh, Valentine's Day chauffeur offer? No, but <laughs> hold on, hold on. I did get if a... It's I, no, there's no explanation after yeah. that. Nah, nah, so I did get, like, offered, but they were all the way out, like, the deepest part of Virginia, like, Manassas. <laughs> That's far That's from me. That's not the deepest? That's far from me. But it's 150. Bro. Yeah, but dude... 
to just point. You make it thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. <laughs> you can stop. You can. You can no, but stop that, at my house and get some drink. It'll cost him to get to Manassas from his house is probably forty miles. And that's going to cost how much? Yeah, but the, the math stops making sense if he's like I, I'm with yeah. you. That'd be too yeah. far. I don't too think far. it's too far. If it was like somewhere like in like Upper Marlboro or something, fine. But nah, Manassas, bro. That's first of all. That's why you don't throw out a price like yeah, you threw out your whole your whole you, you, you business model said, was kind of bro, flawed. I didn't, I didn't, said I didn't think hours. nobody from Virginia was going to contact me about driving. Well, see, that, that's not good business sense. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, do is, you think Brian? Is, do you think Jeff has good business? Whenever sense? Whenever I call Ubers, when I have to rent, get an Uber, the license plate don't always say Virginia. Yeah, but that's because they're already out your way. They yeah. got Maryland, D.C., Virginia. It don't make a difference, right? But Jeff's at his house. He. Is never at his house. Dude, from, <laughs> from our office right here, Manassas is 38 miles away. Okay. Like, the math doesn't make sense. So, you go to Manassas, pick him up, drive him to a, probably a local spot, hang around for about three, four hours, come home with his 150 in his pocket. He might have spent about hey, $10, 15 gas. What That's I, a come up. What I did come up with, somebody presented a business model to me. Oh, boy. And I got to read further into it, but from the <laughs> glimpse that I took over... Like, took over it. It was a I'm pretty sure, cool idea. I'm sure four hours, $150 was not in that business model. Do you do you have to pay somebody for the right to sell something, and then you get other people to pay you for the right yeah, to sell called, something? That's called. No. Is that what a it's called? Like? No, no, no. Yeah. no, no a scam, no. not scheme. Scam. Are you selling uh, video phones? No, I'm selling Forex, JP. Forex? Forex, yes. You want to come join Forex with us? Nah, probably I'm not. messing with you, bro. <laughs> but no, it's not a pyramid scheme, bro. It's not. Nah, this is a, a legit carrier business. But carrier, I, I wouldn't be the one driving. Oh, so you courier? Do you mean courier? Carrier. Carrier, courier. No, 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 no. Make sure you know those words. Oh. What are you carrying? <laughs> like packages. But not illegal ones, JP, that you're about to try to... <laughs> Spew off. I know where you're going. I'm, that's, I'm, not, that, that's a courier. Let's get back to football before JP put me in the trick bag, man. I, I just I want you to make some cash, Jeff. I would just be careful of the, the carrier service or the courier service. Uh, but that doesn't mean I, – I, I do believe it's courier, though, Jeff. Fine. Uh, carrier, carrier, tomato, tomato. Oh, no, no, no. No, uh, no, 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 no. Let's get down to – the large events of the week. Oh, man. Um, B, we were just talking about it before we got deep into Jeff's new business plan. Um, <laughs> the press conferences yesterday in Ashburn, we were both out there. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, understandably, that's a dude that's been a head coach. You ask Cliff Kingsbury a question, he swallows his tongue. Well, dude, he, he was giving you what I think he should have. And then they wanted him to, they wanted him to, like, people wanted him to go into, like, certain into certain situations a little deeper, I don't think he should. Well, it opens up too many other questions. I think Cliff Kingsbury walked into that room yesterday with one goal. Nothing that I say is going, is to, going to be a to headline yes. on profootballtalk.com. Yeah. And now listen, Florio and his gang of writers are talented folks. They can make headlines out of Anything. lots of things. <laughs> but I, I am on Pro Football Talk right now, and, and the best they got was – Cliff Kingsbury, I'm not out to prove anyone wrong about me. Like, I think they tried to get Kingsbury to talk about, hey, how'd you end up with the commanders over the Raiders? He's like, not talking about it. 
Multiple uh, people. And, well, they say magic has something to do with it. I, I'm not going into that. And then, and then he said, <laughs> and then understandably, and I'm not knocking any of the questions, right? And then understandably, people asked him about Caleb Williams. He just coached a kid for a year in South yeah, Carolina. Yeah. Great guy. Great guy. What? He's a leader. And he said, didn't say anything else. Right. And I think what he said will tell you that, and the way he said it, I think he and other play, and players on that team totally believe in a Caleb Williams when he's on the field. Um, they could care less about what he was wearing or his fingernails and all that stuff. They know on the football field he's a bad man, and that's all they cared about. So I like that fact because a lot of people want to go into everything else and say why this and that. Listen, man, Duke Ball, people going to forget about all that crap. Agreed. Um, I think you and I have, have been saying that for some time. I get that it's weird and it might rub people the wrong way, but I, I'm just not too worried about it. Um, I think where Cliff, what I thought was interesting was more kind of offensive philosophy stuff and kind of how to develop a quarterback and and, and what he plans on doing here. I thought that was a lot more interesting than trying to, like, track down how he landed here. Um, Landini, I don't know when you want to get into playing clips, but I, I, I liked Cliff a lot. We'll do that later. But when he was asked about the air raid offense, and what, are you showing me pictures of you and Pierre? No, nah, I was just showing you something else that you, I told you, everything is not for I thought air. you were showing me that to say. No. Okay, no. we'll talk about it later. Um <laughs> I'm about to teach you how to be cool. I had no idea what you were doing. <laughs> the ki- when Kingsbury made clear, I'm not running. I don't game. run the air raid. Well, dude, you know what was interesting is I had a conversation in Vegas with somebody, and they're like, dude, if you go, it was actually Charles Davis. Yep. He's like, if you go back and look at those Texas Tech teams, when they really were running the air raid, it was never mobile guys at quarterback, yep. really until Mahomes. Mm-hmm. But like, Think about Kingsbury wasn't a mobile guy. You go back, like, over and over. I mean, when Michael Crabtree was there, it was a dude named Graham Harrell. Like, they had a bunch of guys you kind of never heard of. You took me back right there with Michael Crabtree. I mean, Crabtree was a bad dude. Yeah. But Kingsbury repeatedly, I thought, talked about wanting a mobile quarterback. I think that really stands out. Um, And I think any assumption that that is definitively – Going to be Caleb? Uh, Jay Daniels is very mobile. I think he's more mobile. And may have proven that he's mobile. And he said it's not about running all the time like Lamar. He said that. You can be very mobile like a Pat Mahomes and not be a running guy like Lamar. So I think the three guys fit what he was saying. And I think he was very calculated in what he said to know if he said a certain thing it will go to one guy. So he threw a broad statement out there. I Right. I just think to believe that I've thought all along, if, if, if you want to add up one plus one equals two, they got Kingsbury. He coached Caleb. Caleb's coming here. I think that's just overly simple. Overly. I don't think they're going to move up to number one. If Caleb's there at number two, I think changes everything. Yeah. Um, I think all three of those guys are in play. Drake, Jaden, Caleb. And, I think and, more people would not care if he's right there at, at two and you take him. I think people are concerned about 
giving up so much to go get him one spot up. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree with that. But B, more than that, I thought Kingsbury came into that press conference with such an established, I don't know, people know Cliff Kingsbury. He's been a head coach for four years. Mm-hmm. He's been a head coach in college. Like, he's he's kind of an established coach. Yeah. Nobody really knew Joe Witt. People, he knew him after yesterday. I, I thought he was quite impressive. I was curious kind of what you thought I, of, I like of Witt. Him. I like the way he, he is basically telling you a lot of what I say on a daily damn basis. We're playing hard and fast. If you got the football, we coming to get you. And he said everyone, what is it, everybody is not, doesn't live. What was the little statement he said about how everyone is not, doesn't live how we live or whatever? Yeah. I'll find it. I'll, I'll, I'll I, it I love because let's be real. I get on his radio most Mondays, and I listen to other stations and stuff as well. And I'm hearing people talk about how the guys actually play. But it's not about when the guys are playing horrible. It's about how physical a guy can play or how that's what you're supposed to do on the football field. Listen, man, this whole notion of when you're on the field – I don't think anyone goes out there with the mindset that I am going to try and hurt somebody. But they go out with the mindset that I'm going to try to intimidate the hell out of you. And I do that by hitting you hard and often. And then every once in a while, some people go, well, man, they don't even think about the other guy. You're thinking about you when you're out there. You better protect your damn self for the most part. And But I, I think when you see guys out there with just leading with their head, they're idiots. The majority of players... They want to play hard as hell. Just like when you and your friends are playing around, you know which one to grab, which one not to grab. You sure. know one guy's going to hurt the head, hurt you, so you go get the softer one. And I think that I, I love that fact where we, I've said it, we go through practice easy. We don't play hard in the game like I see other people, other teams doing. Based off of what he said yesterday, that ass is about to stop. Here's the quote you were, you were referencing. We had our first meeting. The way that we live is not for everybody, okay? It is not all right because we're going to run and put our bodies on people in a violent manner. And so we're going to get that play style right, I I think. And then he goes on. I loved this because people get so caught up in base defenses, and you play so little base defense. (laughs) Um, He continued, the structure of what we do doesn't really matter. You know, 3-4, 4-3, everybody really plays the same coverages to some point. The structure doesn't matter to me. The main thing that matters to me is, are we going to be arriving violently? Are we going to turn the ball over? Are we going to make sure we disrupt these quarterbacks? And see, that that right there, football is violent, right? Yeah. (laughs) It is very violent. And if you go out there, Thinking you're gonna be protected by some damn rule, you can get hurt. I don't care if you're playing running back, quarterback, lineman, D lineman, defensive back. You better have some level of intensity and violence in your game. As a running back, oh, I snap some arms, and I'm going. I, I was going. I get you before you get me. I I got that from Walter Payton. Was 205 pounds. Did Walter Payton slide? Did he run around people? Or do he, did he try to run straight, straight through their chest? And, yes, this is a different era, but still, it's the same damn game 
when you just take the helmets out of it? I asked him later. One of the things that stands out to me is perhaps an opportunity for Washington to rebuild a secondary that you at least believe on the surface has some talent. Um, And considering how much success he's had in multiple stops in Green Bay as DB's coach in Dallas with Dan Quinn working on that secondary, I asked him, you know, how can you generate that stuff? And I think the whole – every – Burgundy and Gold fan that was listening um, loved this. He said, you got to bring the ball to life. And you'll hear me talk about this all the time. The ball is life, all right? And so it was like air, and we got to have it. We got to get it. It's easy to talk about generating turnovers. Um, it, It generally doesn't work that way. But if you look at what they've done in Dallas, there's a track record of it. It's not just drafting a kid that was able to jump routes in college, like, there's a track record, and and then to you me, practice it though. You 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 do that on a daily basis. But one step further to go from Trayvon Diggs to then Deron Bland Man, having an yeah. All Pro year, like something in the teaching is working. Mm-hmm. And, and there was a part of Joe Witt that really stood out to me about the teaching that I think we could all use a little bit more in our lives. Just recognizing that. There is no one-size-fits-all technique or strategy Amen. For, for anything in life. Amen. I'll explain what the hell I'm talking about when we come back. Best free agent available is Chris Jones. Ahead of Kirk? Yes. Chris Jones at the top of his game, not coming off an of injury. I agree. I, I don't <laughs> think it's really real. debatable. I think, like, because Chris Jones is so dominant, that's why it's him. If if it wasn't him, a, a quarterback being available would would, would probably take it. Mm-hmm. What is the deal that with Russell Wilson? They have to they have to cut him. There was some contractual functionality to it, right? Like if they don't cut him by a certain time, they owe him a nice chunk of money. But. Why are they waiting? Because is it like they have to get Sean to a new Payton league year? Ass. Well, no. I mean, if everybody knows it's coming, I think he meant like whole, like totality, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Landfill love that. I I'm. I just wonder if there's a contract mechanism that requires them to wait. For the new league year. So they have to cut him. All right, here it is. He'll be guaranteed $39 million if he's still on the roster March 17th. So they're going to cut him before that. Like, they're going to do that today. Yeah, I don't get that. Maybe you're right. Maybe he is. So that's less than a month away. March 11th is a tampering period. The 13th is the new league year. So I guess they could cut him. They can keep him on the roster for a couple days and then cut him. Who would you rather have, Russ or Kirk? Neither one of them. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm listen, man. We 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 get into the, you get to this every year. We always talk about doing things the right way and starting from uh, scratch and building this thing over. And then when the free agency comes, we always look at the quarterbacks. Uh, maybe, left. but maybe not specifically. I don't want either one of them. You're talking about in Washington. Yeah. I agree with you. 
I'm curious. Do people feel differently on that? Landfill, would you want Russ or Kirk? Put it to the callers. I wouldn't, no. Jeff? I'm good on that. I I just I just think we're we, we need to be done with going to get older. We don't want retread coaches. We need to yeah. let retread other people go too. Let's let let us go get a, a young quarterback, build him up, see where it goes. Does it feel a little different with Kirk in that it's like somebody no. you used to date? No. You know how it used to be. I used to date her, now I know it's problems with them. So now I don't want them. Yeah, you you Ship didn't want sale. me when I wanted you. Now you you out there. You won't. Go, no, I don't want you. Back Thank, then they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all on me. Thank you for the experience, but that ship is sailed. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Uh, I I totally agree. I think no thanks on Kirk. No thanks on Russ. The money that'll be required. All of those things. I recognize how good those guys have been at various stages of their career. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Kirk is still playing really well, but now he's coming off an Achilles. I'm still not entirely convinced Russ Wilson isn't taken over by an alien. Um, If somebody wants to call in and tell me they want Kirk or Russ, I I, I won't stop you. Um, I'm not going to give out the number, though, so you got to know it by heart. How about that? If it was Russ, Kirk, or Chris Jones... I would want Chris Jones ahead of all of them. Yeah. He's a disruptor. Totally. Um, Weirdly, though. They probably don't have enough money on the D-line to pay him right now. There's too much money already yeah. being spent on the <laughs> D-line. And how old do you think Chris Jones is? It seems like he's been around a while. It does. But is he still in his 20s? 29? 29? Yeah. Did like offensive lineman play forever? Defensive lineman play too, like that. When you're good. Where do you think he went to college? I just looked it up. It's Don't old. know. SEC. Uh, SEC. I'm going to go with Tennessee. You got a guess, Landini? Where Chris Jones went to college? Oof. Uh, Kentucky. You guys are getting. Be Miss was closer. Ole Miss. Jeff is very close. Mississippi State. Correct. That Bull, was next. Bulldogs. Um, second rounder. In oh, tw- Lord. Don't come here, Chris, because I don't want to hear Fred Smooth anymore. Oh, you'll hear from Smooth. The Mississippi State Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> Do that, that again. That you, was good. You work on that a little bit more, you got that perfect. Can we get dog. more of Jeff doing Fred? I'm, I'm here for that. <laughs> um, he will turn 30 in July. July what? July 3rd. Okay. What is I- that? What, what, what's cosmetology side is that? <laughs> the day before the 4th of July. A friend of mine's 10-year-old daughter was listening to us on the show and said, I know he's not confusing astrology with cosmetology. They're all the same. Um, <laughs> I, uh, oh, boy. My boy Steve Gormley is either born July 3rd or July 5th. I can't remember, but one or the other. Um, fireworks. Fireworks, baby. Uh, I don't think they're going to have the money for Jones. I kind of think Jones ends up staying in KC and gets a boatload of cash. I'm out on Kirk. That's the number two ranked free agent. This one's interesting. Josh Allen, edge rusher for the Jags. Young guy. I like him. 6'5", 260. Um, been largely durable, hasn't missed a game I mean, since. Yeah, last year. 
17 and a half. So I'll say this. The two that we let go, anyone I'm better than him? The only caution I would have is the two years prior where he played full season, he had seven and a half, then seven, then 17 and a half last year. Seven and a half, seven, 17. Still. He, what else did he do? See, just throwing out the stat number doesn't tip. You the asked seven, the sack number. But I'm saying the, the, the 17 will say one thing, but you say the caution, but I think you have to also throw in knockdowns. Did he disrupt things? How much pressure did he have? Because we could say another person that had seven and a half, he didn't do much else after that. And I think that would be a difference for me. I'd have to pull up PFF. I'm just looking on Pro Football Reference mm-hmm. right now for like a, a total grade. Um, but I'll ask the question again. The two we let go, anyone I'm better than him? I, hard to, I mean, none of them have had the success he had this past season. I I watched one game. I heard his name all the time. Yeah. I, frankly, I would guess he's that guy for him. I just think the money that he's probably going to command as a 26-year-old coming off his rookie contract, I'd rather chill and get somebody a little bit more of a veteran that – you had less of a financial commitment to. But if you're trying to build a team, you're going to have to spend money on the other side of the ball, too. I, I, I'm not and, I'm not here to bargain, shot. And, and if I you just have think a quarterback a that's coming thing. in or a quarterback that's here, whatever you want to do, the quarterback is not making that ton of money right now. That other money that you're not spending on a top-notch quarterback today has to go somewhere else. Where and would if you, you got wanna, a disruptor, you can get him. You got to get him. Where would you want to spend a ton of money? Like, what positions do you identify? Uh, where I want to spend a ton of money, I want offensive linemen and, and people that are going to hit the quarterback. So, edge rushers, you got Josh Allen we just talked about, Brian Burns with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Daniil Hunter's a guy that I would find pretty intriguing from the Vikings. Um, he's, yeah, he's, seen, he's been around a long damn time, too. Totally. And he's done it at a high level for a long time. He's But he's the same as Chris Jones. He won't even till thir- turn 30 until Halloween. He, wow. in, in his last two seasons, he's had 26 sacks. Actually, I'm shortening him one, 27. Um, and I think that contractually will look different. Now, I know he's had some contract issues with Minnesota, but I, I'm for me, I might be like looking. You want to spend money on O-line. <laughs> Do you mean left tackle? Yeah. Because that's big money. Yeah, it's big money. But you know what? I think when you start having young quarterbacks or even veteran quarterbacks, they want to be able to not worry about right there. I don't think they would say that right now in our current situation. Would you be interested in Tyron Smith considering all the injuries? No, I don't don't want to go spend excessive money on a guy who's basically been injured often. And, I mean – He's got to be pretty old at this point, too. Yeah, dude. I mean, Tyron Smith is 33. It's younger than I thought. Hasn't played a complete season since 2015. No, no. I'm out. I'm out. Now, I'm out last year, he only missed three games or four games. Out. Still out. out. I mean, if you pay a top-notch dollar for a guy like that, you, you don't want a guy who has already proven to you that he's going to be out. Guys' injury problems typically don't get better as they get older. Sure. Sure, but he's not missing a ton of time either. Um, I I do agree with you, B. The, the one spot I look at 
is linebacker. I, I feel like they could get a veteran that has done it at a high level on a sure it'll say two or three year deal, but really a one year deal mm-hmm. as kind of like a tone setter in the middle of that defense. As as you know, the defensive captain, he's got the green dot, all that. Like if they want to pay to get Levante David and all the success he's had, and yes, he's older. Like I'm cool with that because I think defensively, they need somebody that will instill what Joe Witt is talking about. Now, see if they have a guy that could come in here who's still relatively effective, but also is a hell of a leader. I want somebody like that. Like, I, I think what has happened in this day and age is where people are not considered leaders based off of their actual experience and what they've done. People are considered leaders because of how much money they make. And normally those leaders are second year, third year. How the hell you know how to lead somebody when you're, you're not, you're not, you, know, you don't know how to do this thing yourself? You need to have somebody around that five, six, seven, eight-year range that steal balls and may not get as much money as the top-notch guy. You know what I mean? Totally. And that, I'm a bit of a mark for Levante David. So I, I left hand up. I own that. And he's older. Right, he's probably a little older than you than you want to consider. He's older than me. Nah, we don't want him. He's not older than you, but he's <laughs> he just turned thirty four. Thirty four, okay. Last year in Tampa, played fifteen out of seventeen games, had one hundred thirty four tackles, four and a half sacks, forced a fumble, defended five passes. This is a dude that's been a captain on a really good defense for a decade. Has won a Super Bowl. His reputation around the league is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I'm looking at. Give me one of those to rebuild a defense that clearly lost its way. Uh, Pitchers and catchers are down in Palm Beach. Bobby Blanco, Masson Sports, gets us up to speed with the Nats at 11. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Bet the NBA with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel every Thursday with TNT Thursdays. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. You'll get bonus bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't win on any NBA on TNT game. NBA same-game parlays are a perfect way to combine your bets for a chance to score a bigger payday. Listen, as I look at the Washington Wizards tonight, traveling to Denver, I would say, hey, Denver's going to look at Washington think they're going to beat them. Take the 16-and-a-half in Washington. Also, go with the over. Nobody plays defense. And go for Kyle Kuzma to score. Uh, you, get, like, you can buy it down to 16 points, 20 points. You probably will make you some money. However you want to play, just head to FanDuel.com slash Brian to bet the NBA with a no-sweat same-game parlay with TNT Thursdays. That's FanDuel.com slash Brian, B-R-I-A-N. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 1067 The Fan. You have to be 21 years old and present in Virginia. Minimum three-leg parlay required. Refund issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet which expires seven days after receipt. Match refund is $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Landfill's That's jam That's my song right, right there. No, no, I made that song. I, I always figured you were more of a Right Said Fred guy. Who? You know Right Said Fred. You got to know it. Landfill about to, Landfill about to cut it up. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to uh This is right said Fred, dog. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. 
I like that song too. Hey, that was a nice little blend, Landfill. I can't Land- lie, that was a nice one. Landini knows what he's doing. Give him a compliment in Fred Swoot voice. That's how you put a tune on right there, Landfill. <laughs> <laughs> too sexy for my shirt. So sexy it, it hurts. hurts. See, I knew you were a right said Fred guy. <laughs> B loves bald British men. No, I don't. I like songs they make. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> let me clarify that. Pause, Jeff. Pause. <laughs> Jeff, stop laughing, damn it. Uh, about 10 minutes, we're going to hear from Bobby Blanco. Get some Nats preview. Seems like the Nats might stink again, guys. Don't know how to t- don't know how to break that to you. Um, landfill. One position you want them to spend at to get somebody to help. Uh, offensive line. I think that they're going to be getting a young quarterback, and I think that if this this guy, whoever he is, has a competent offensive line, that would go a long way to uh, helping him be successful. And quarterback's most important position. You got the number two overall pick. New coach. You got everything. Don't screw this up. Spend some of the money on the offensive line. Landfill votes O-line. Brian, I believe you've already voted O-line. Is that uh-huh. accurate? Very much so. Jeffrey? I'm not going to be cliche and go with Landfill. I'm going to go with the linebacker position. Um, I wouldn't J-Dogs. Mind, I wouldn't mind getting a vet back there with uh, Jamin. Uh, I believe that would help with his development because we, we can see the increase in his skill and stock going up. A nice vet back there will help groom him, and, you know, it'll be a great addition to our defense. I, I want a veteran linebacker. Now, that's not going to break the bank at, at that position and, and the kind of guys I'm talking about, guys that have been around a while. Um, I have an old lineman for you, B. Uh-huh. Um, Kevin Dotson has started 31 games in the last two years. Are you familiar? Are you familiar with Kevin Dotson's work? Is that Kevin Dawson from UL? Yes. Yeah. You know where he went to high school? Plaquemine. Went to my high school? Yeah, dude. That's a young buck right there. He is. You know what? I know who you're talking about now. He's 27. Yeah. His birthday is a couple days yeah. after mine. Maybe I know we, he was at UL. Maybe we shared I knew the same that, cosmetology. I never asked Gil, was he from Plaquemine, though? Um, That'd be another one from Plaquemine. But we, we started to creep. We started to produce. Six four three twenty. Oh, he's a big boy. That's a big fella. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know what happened in Pittsburgh. I'm kind of curious. Uh, it seems like he was released in Pittsburgh. Was there for three years. Rookie deal carries you four years. He he was on the Rams this past year. Um, his he's rated fairly high by the thirty third team. The, what landfill sent us earlier. This is Kevin Dotson. They have him listed as a guard. Um. Here we go. Kevin Dotson was traded from the Steelers to the Rams and was the key piece in the reinvention of the L.A. offense. Strong run blocker, seventh in blown block rate as the Rams went to more gap schemes. Um, With Anthony Lynn in the run coordinator role here, you would think you're going to see some zones, some gap stuff. Um, Dotson was 10th among guards in the passing game, 6'4", 320, he can use his size as a dominating physical presence on the interior. If, if you're looking at what is definitely coming back for the commanders on the O-line next year, um, and I'm saying definitely, right? Like, we don't know, but we can guess. 
Cosby's definitely coming back. He's on a rookie deal. Mm-hmm. Now, you have some other young players that have been drafted. Um, Stromberg, Daniels, there's other guys. But Wiley, I think, is coming back. He's got some guaranteed money tied into that deal. I wonder if you don't try Wiley inside again. He he had more success as a guard in Kansas City, I'd say, than as a tackle. Um, Nick Gates still has some guaranteed money left. Maybe he, I, I don't know what you do there. Um, Sadiq Charles, is he going into the last year of his deal? Wasn't he, I believe he's in his, this was his fourth season. Um, Sadiq Charles could play, he just doesn't stay on the field all that often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sadiq's going to be a free agent too, so I, I don't know how you ad- address that. Um, Leno has a year left on that deal. But you're talking about a veteran with no guaranteed money left. We typically know how those stories play out. Um, Cornelius Lucas is headed for free agency. Um, I I feel like it could look totally different. Um, and, and maybe you do spend some money on a guard. If you're going to spend money on a tackle, it's going to look a little bit different, man. Tackles tend to it's going to look different, more. but I, I think that that's something we know. But if if we feel that a tackle is what's best and what we need to utilize, we need to go get a tackle. We can't be concerned about the amount of money we're spending because what people do at the beginning of a the season, they all tell you exactly how much they're planning to spend or not. And I think ultimately, if you feel that it's the tackle that you need to go with, they got they got that money already allocated to tackles, this, that, and the sure. other. You know, but if it's a guard, go with guard. But if you need a tackle, you think you do, a legitimate, go get it. Well, not to mention you already have, if you look at the current cap construction, there's $15 million in in cap dedicated to Leno. So, And there's no guarantee there. So if, if you do decide to, to make a move, which is just kind of standard in the NFL when you yeah. have a veteran like that, like you'd be subtracting X but still have room for X. Yeah. So maybe you can spend that differently. For me, you got three picks in the top 40. I, I go QB, lineman, lineman, and try to build everything up from the ground. I'm with you on that. Let's talk baseball when we come back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Whoa, let's go. It is a Vodka Red Bull Friday brought to you by Scotty's Handcrafted Vodka. Scotty's Vodka is Maryland-made, amazingly smooth, and loved Love. throughout the yes. DMV. You know who else is loved throughout the DMV? Who is I that? Be- I believe Maryland-made. Who is that? Bobby Blanco. What up, Bobby? Hey, Bobby. How you doing, dude? Hey, JP, B. Mitch, long time no talk. Happy baseball season. I love that techno intro. Reminds me of uh, my mixers down at Gonzaga when Uh-oh. I was in high school. Now Uh-oh. you're talking. Now you're talking. <laughs> um, dude, yeah, we haven't talked in a while, and I don't mean this rude, because the Nats haven't really done anything in a while. Um, pretty quiet off season, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys had a lot on your hands covering the football season, which obviously you guys crushed at, and um, now the Super Bowl's over switched to the baseball season, and, yeah, the Nats had a very quiet offseason. I think this was kind of expected, much like last offseason. They, um, you know, weren't expected to sign any of the top free agents. They were going to make minor moves. They did add some pieces, Joey Gallo, Nick Senzel uh, to Major League deals, Dylan Floro in the bullpen, um, and then they just brought in Jesse Winker, another veteran outfielder on a minor league deal. So those are some names that fans probably would recognize, but other than that, Pretty quiet offseason, um, which was to be expected. I think if everything goes according to plan this year, maybe next offseason or next spring training when we're having this conversation, we'll be talking a more uh, progressive and interesting offseason. Right, what is it that fans should be looking for this year? Uh, and what are the expectations? I think the expectations are another step forward. The Nats improved by 16 wins last year um, from 2022. So, um, I think that's maybe not that much. As that's, that was a bigger leap than I think a lot of people expected, but a, a similar leap, you know, something along the lines of just winning more, um, getting closer to 500. It might not be exactly 81 wins, but maybe closer to 80 wins as opposed to the 71 they had last year. And then, of course, you're looking at the young players at the major league roster. It's, uh, can Mackenzie Gore be more consistent? Uh, can Josiah Gray, you know, take his all-star year and really prove that he can be a top-of-the-line starting um, in this rotation, in this rotation. Um, can Lane Thomas follow up his, you know, kind of breakout season last year? Can C.J. Abrams prove that he can be a superstar in the make him? Uh, can Caber Ruiz back up his contract extension that he got last spring training? And then, of course, you're also looking at the top prospects, Dylan Cruz, James Wood, Brady House. How do they fare on the farm? And do any of them um, make this roster later this summer? How close are any of those guys to, to getting called up Maybe specifically Cruz and Wood, because Wood's the local kid. Cruz was the number two overall pick. I think I made his dad last the year. Other day. I, you're right. He was at something we were both at. Yeah, big fella. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Wood. Yes. Wood made it to one of the Commanders games this year, so you probably saw him there. No, nah, something was recently. More recently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it might have been. We'll talk about. It. Yeah. Um, give us Wood and Cruz where they're at, expectations, timeline, etc. Yeah, I think some national uh, like publications who you know, do this a little more in-depth um, are looking at both of them having the potential to break through this year at some point. The thing about the two of them in the outfield, they really don't have anyone blocking them. Like Lane Thomas is really the only one who's solidified in this outfield. Joey Gallo is a one-year rental. Um, hopefully he could maybe be flipped at the trade deadline if he has a strong first half. And then you got Victor Robles on his last year, probably going to head for free agency at some point this year. Or maybe he can have a good first half and they can flip him as well. 
Um, and then it's just a bunch of young guys who we've seen come up and, you know, has performed well here and there, but they don't have the pedigree that Dylan Cruz or James Wood have as top prospects, not just in this organization, but in baseball. You mentioned Dylan Cruz being the number two overall pick. James Wood was, as by some reports, a top three prospect last year. Um, so I, I think, you know, they have their own things they need to figure out. Obviously, they've only been, in, you know, Dylan Cruz has only been in pro ball for a couple of months. James Wood just got to double A last year. So that's a big leap to be expected. But they don't really have anyone at the major league roster blocking them. So if they perform well, um, I think by, you know, August, maybe September, you could see them come up and make their major league debuts if they if they perform out now also going back to what i think they should be expecting if the nats are playing better and winning more games you might not see them rush cruz or wood or even brady house up to the majors i think brady's a little bit more of a stretch to make the club this year at some point but he theoretically could i guess um but if the team is winning you know you might not see them turn to them as quickly um even if they are performing well um most of them not coming up though is contractual mechanisms, right? Like as long as you wait till after July 1st or something, you you get another year of control. Yeah. The new CBA kind of got rid of that. Actually teams are now incentivized to bring them up. If you oh, look right. at like Gunnar Henderson last year, the Orioles are getting a draft pick because he won rookie of the year. So you're kind of incentivized to bring up your top prospects earlier, have them perform well, you know, and if they place, I think in rookie of the year voting or MVP voting, you know, you get some compensation back for that. So the teams are actually incentivized to bring up prospects earlier. Um, so they kind of got rid of that Chris Bryant rule. Okay, good. <laughs> so if somebody's balling, they'll start calling them up. Yeah. I, I mean, we saw it last year. I mean, like, I remember you, we were talking a little bit, you know, I think it was like in May or June because James Wood went from, you know, high A to double A quicker than we've ever seen. Um, the Nationals promote a top prospect. And then uh, Cruz was, you know, went from, you know, rookie ball to high A and then skip, uh, single A, then skipped high A altogether, went to double A. So they are not shy of bringing them up when they think they're ready. Um, it's just a matter of the guys proving that they can be, you know, handle, you know, triple A pitching, major league pitching, stuff like that. Talking with our boy Bobby Blanco from Masson Sports. You can follow him at Bobby underscore Blanco. And, and am I, I mean, because Cruz played college ball at such a high level, I think, did they win or did they get upset by Florida in the College World Series when he was at LSU? I don't remember, but no, they they won and they he won, was yeah. he won like the Heisman Trophy of college yeah, baseball. That's what I thought. He was the dude. Like he's he could be close pretty quick, right? Like he's yeah, not a high school he, guy. They've got to develop. They're not going to hold him back because you know they try to take worry about all the amount of years and all that stuff. Right, correct. Like, I, and this was something that the Nats kind of focused on in last year's draft, where they focused more on established veteran college bats as opposed to drafting high schoolers. I think they only drafted, I know through their first 10 rounds, they only drafted one high schooler and it was a pitcher. Uh, other than that, they drafted uh, college bats. And they, even their second round pick, Yohandi Morales, was supposed to be a first rounder and they snatched him in the second round. He could be a guy that could fly up, maybe not this year, but sooner rather than later because they have so much experience at top programs at the collegiate level. That's why we saw Dylan Cruz fly up to double A in, you know, less than a month when he made his pro debut. All right, there you go. Um, So there's obviously help coming, right? But what, like, what do they got? Tell me their rotation. I know, you know, obviously you've got Josiah, you've got Mackenzie Gore. What happens after that? 
Yeah, Josiah and McKenzie are going to be your top two guys. I would imagine one of them, probably Josiah, as long as everyone's healthy, takes uh, the ball on opening day. Um, you're on your last co- year of the contract with Patrick Corbin, oh. so he's still around. Um, Trevor Williams currently isn't at spring training because his wife is expecting um, to give birth anytime soon. How but many kids do returns, they have? Don't they already have a couple kids? They have a lot, yeah. Um, so he's not with the team <laughs> he's currently. Rivers um, the yeah, he's Philip Rivers. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Um, but, yeah, so uh, – and then you remember – if you remember, uh, Jake Irvin was the guy that came up last year uh, because Kay Cavalli was injured. Um, he was the next kind of prospect up, and he had a surprisingly pretty solid rookie year. So he figures to be back – in that spot. And then Cavalli should be back sometime in June, I think. Um, he's throwing a bullpen today down in West Palm. Um, you know, he's actually throwing bullpens like three times a week, I think I read. So he is on track to recover from his Tommy John surgery and be back in this rotation, hopefully by early parts of the summer and finish out this season. Obviously, he'll be on an innings limit, but um, he'll, he'll be a part of it. Um, yeah, and it's, it's those five guys, Irvin, Corbin, Williams, and then Gordon Gray at the top. Uh, with Gavali coming at some point. You also have Jackson Rutledge, another top prospect who I think made like two or three starts at the end of last year, slashed some impressive stuff. He's a former first-round pick um, that could also push for uh, a roster spot or a rotation spot if he performs well in spring training. So they have some options, but it's mostly around those guys. Gore Gray, you can even throw Urban in there because he's young and, and was pretty impressive throughout the course of the season last year. Can I ask perhaps a stupid question? Sure. I mean, they're still paying Strasburg, right? Yep. <laughs> What's going on there? Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky um, situation. Um, we heard Mike Rizzo speak on Wednesday for the first time. Of course, he was asked about it. Um, and, you know, it's the, the bottom line is Strasburg is not going to pitch again, and everyone knows that. And it's just a matter of figuring out his contract. He doesn't want to retire and forfeit all that money, even though I think some part of the CBA says that if he retires due to an injury – he still gets that money. The Nationals don't want to pay him all that money because he's not pitching for them. So they're trying to figure all of that out. Um, and Mike Rizzo came out on Wednesday and said he expects Strasburg to be there. And we haven't seen Steven in like almost two years at this point, literally in person. Like he goes to the ballpark when we're not there. Um, and he, otherwise he stays at home. So he has a locker down in West Palm Beach. He has a locker at Nationals Park. He's got a jersey. He's on the 40-man roster. He's getting paychecks. But he is not present, and Dave, uh, Mike Rizzo said that you know they expect him to report at some point and help out at some point. I mean, even just having him in the clubhouse helps these young pitchers so much because you know of everything he's accomplished in his career. World Series MVP has had one of the best changeups in the game for so long. Um, you know, when he was healthy in pitching, he was a dominant starting pitcher. So he can help these young guys a lot if he is around. So they're just trying to get anything out of him um but it is yeah it is a major question mark of if he actually shows up i think per the rules he has until next saturday to actually report before the team can officially you know whether they do this or not but they could they could technically find him or punish him for not reporting yeah when you leave it are that much money how much cash are we and it's in the player's hands he ain't going nowhere i think he's got three years left and it's he'll like, show up he goes <laughs> 30, 35 million a year, yeah, something like that. He's showing yeah. up. He he may not be around doing much, but he's gonna show up. That's a lot. But of the problem is, B. Mitch, he hasn't shown up in over a year. I uh, mean, he's been around, but like not around the team. They don't. So he must come around. And, 
enough to where they can't find him. He comes around, I think, when the team's not at home. He uses the facility at Nationals Park. Um, Does he still like, live I don't in the D.C. He, area? I figure he's back yeah, in he Cali. Does. No, he, I think after he signed his last contract, I'm pretty sure he moved here full-time. It's not earlier than that. Man, what a mess wow. that is, dude. From everybody, and I don't want to put you in a bad spot, but from everything I understand, Rizzo wanted to give him like a two-year deal, and then one of the learners, Boris, got a hold of him and was like, all right, Seven years, forty million a year, or whatever it was. <laughs> Listen to the guy, yeah, baseball it was guy. Five million a year. Yeah, I mean, God damn. <laughs> um, hey, I got one more, Bobby, and I don't know what you can answer here. Um, yeah, Orioles are getting sold or are sold like that. That is a that is approaching Dundealville. Um, yeah, obviously the TV stuff has been a problem for Washington. Uh, the learners wanted to sell or maybe just sell a majority interest. Where is all that? For the Nats, because I think when that kind of stuff gets taken care of, maybe they can start running this thing like a big league club again. Yeah, I, I don't know too much about that. You know, I'm strictly on the covering baseball side of it. Um, so, like the business side of that, I I don't you know know too much about. I, get, I, I, understand. I can, Yeah, but I, I could I can say that you know I think a lot of people always figured that you know before the Nationals were sold because the the holdup is that you know, a potential buyer wants to know how much money they're earning from the TV rights deal. And to fully understand that maybe the Orioles would have to be sold first. And, you know, people didn't think that would happen. And now all of a sudden it's happening. So I think, it, you know, for both sides, potentially it could be a good thing. But again, I don't, I don't know too much on, on that front more than anyone else's. I mean, I read what everyone else is reporting and, but I don't have any like behind the scenes insider on that. But I do think, you know, this move, if, if it goes for it seems like everyone in baseball wants it to happen. So it could potentially be good for both sides. Well, Bobby, I'm sure you can answer this question. Your baseball expertise, you've seen Josiah Gray. You know what kind of yeah. stuff he has. We have a, a, one of our producers here who hadn't played baseball, I would say, in at least 12 years. He say he can hit Josiah. You think he can? Ooh. I, I get this question a lot, actually. is like, do you think if you stood in the box, could you hit – if you got 100 swings, could you hit a major? I would say no, just because <laughs> – But look, he, he, tried to, he tried to put rules saying he could only throw fastballs. No. He got to throw everything he has. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, only fastballs, then you're just kind of – timing it up and, and sitting yeah. on it. But you also know their fastballs, you know, move themselves. You're not always down straight down the pipe. You can throw a fastball I high and I want to throw one curve and, and he won't be in the box the rest of the day. There's yeah, no one way, curve or dude. one change up to completely just buckle you and you're done. <laughs> I always say, like, if you're in there and you and someone throws you high and tight, I'm like, I'm out. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> dude, if somebody throws a baseball at me 92 miles an hour, I'm I'm walking away. I think he goes a little, little I, faster than that, though. Sure, but he yeah, doesn't have to throw me his slow. hot stuff. He doesn't have to throw me his top. Like, I'll probably get out of there at 85. I'm going to be right. honest with you. I have yeah, no, no desire. Like, I, I'm not standing in against that heat. Jeff claims you will. Bro, the only way I'm jumping out the box is if he hit me. Okay. If he hit me, yeah, and yeah. then he send one right back down to me. Oh, yeah, I jump out the box. But if I know he's not going to hit me, I'm not jumping out the box, bro. But that's the thing about it. You I don't know. know. But- I, I got I faith know. in Josiah control, bro. He ain't going to hit me. I'm not saying Josiah will try to hit you. I'm just saying, like, he'll throw something that looks like it's going to hit you and then a last second miss you. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm out. Uh, Bobby, let Josiah know I have I do not have any delusions of grandeur. I would not get a hit off him, and I would not stand in the box against him. All right? Oh, I'll, 
I'll relay that message when I'm in West Palm next week. All right. Uh, how much are you looking forward to getting down there? Oh, man. I mean, I heard you at the top of the show say you're going to get snow this weekend. Like, let's, like get me out of here. Right. I'm going down ready for to go to a day, week right? next week. Give me yeah, a down. The Nats' win total is low, dude. It's 66 and a yeah. half. Last year, they won 71 games. Why do they have them backtracking? You know, I, some of these projections I, I don't fully understand because, you know, they do the same. It's kind of the same every year, no matter what the team does. Um, you know, I think the most obvious example, too, is like recently with the Orioles. Like, they expected them to win, like, 60-something games back-to-back years. And, then you know, they won 85 or 88, what it was, two years ago. And then, of course, 101 last year or so. Um, you know, it's, I don't understand some of these projections. I think they take into account what they, you know, the realistic improvements and obviously taking back some injuries. Like, I think one thing the Nationals could hurt the Nationals this year is that they got really lucky last year with the injury bug. Like, they were one of the least injured, especially in the rotation uh, teams in baseball. I think it's going to be hard to count on that happening again just by, you know, sheer luck and fate. Like, that's just not how sports works. So you're going to have to deal with some injuries probably more so this year which could also hamper your win total. But, yeah, those projections, I, I try not to pay too much attention to them. I look at what they do on the field and what other teams across the league are doing as opposed to some of these projections. So you're telling me to take the over? Sure, let's take the over. I'll go with, I'll <laughs> with you. All right, there you go. Hey, I know you I know you obviously cover the Nats, but you're a big Washington football fan. What do you yeah. think of the, the Dan Quinn, Joe Witt, Cliff Kingsbury situation? Yeah, I have to be honest, like, was not too excited when it came to Dan Quinn. I do think the Ben Johnson situation kind of put the commanders in a bad spot, in an awkward spot, and I don't really blame the Harris group for that. But, um, you know, I I was not expecting this staff that he puts together. I mean, this coaching staff is unbelievable. I, I, I think that it's really exciting. And I saw, I think, was it Ben Standing pointed out on Twitter, like, you know, these aren't like, you know, Ron hiring everyone from Carolina hires. They're from all over the place. Yeah. And it was like nepotism. They're all like based on merit, which I think is pretty interesting and exciting. I think that is interesting and exciting. What I say is too. bleep Ben Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you, Bobby. Appreciate, Appreciate it, man. you, brother. Enjoy Florida, dude. Yeah, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Enjoying talking baseball with you. All right, bro. All right. Give him a follow if you want at Bobby underscore Blanco, B L A N C O. When we come back, Let's react to some Cliff Kingsbury from yesterday. Don't go anywhere. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Listen, there are no games going on. Till this weekend, you have the All-Star game, but you can go to FanDuel and check out all kinds of other bets. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Brian and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. FanDuel, sportsbook of the official partner of 106.7 Fan. You have to be 21 years old or president of Virginia. First online real money wage only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires in seven days. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, boys. A lot for us to discuss here. Uh, My beautiful wife texted me. Hey, we are somehow missing a couple of bowls from the kitchen. Did you bring any to work? Yes. I said, I took one. She said, that's weird. We're missing three. And I said, I'll double check, but I only took one. Did you find the other ones? She said, we're also missing spoons. I said, that's weird. You you didn't take spoons? She said, I had a theory. I said, maybe the girls are hiding stuff. She said, the girls are not hiding silverware around the house. My little one might be. Well, I think your wife already knows it's probably you. Well, I thought it was only fair for me to go look around. Just as a refresher, you had to bring that bowl into work because previously, so you could heat up food, previously you used a red Solo cup and it melted. Yeah. I just looked around the kitchen. Did you find any bowls? I'll be right back. (laughs) Where are you going? I I think he's going to look around the kitchen. He found all the damn bowls that his wife was talking about. Listen, your wife knows who she's married to. Uh, uh, Lauren, he has right. two bowls. I have two bowls. Two sauces One, two. and a spoon. I have a spoon and two plates. You know, Lauren, hey, I yo. always, listen, I always talk about how JP is. But I'm going to have to say this. You married him. I got to be honest. <laughs> the fact that this much of my stuff was in the kitchen here leads me to believe I probably have some more spoons floating around somewhere. Oh, there's 100% more stuff here. Bro, you. It's just dude, disappeared. You have to find a way. This is my soup diet. Right down. I thought I brought this home in my defense. No, ain't no defense. You Is that think, not a defense? No, I thought I brought you it can home. Think what the hell you want, but you didn't do it. So, Lauren, we're going to talk next time I see you. I thought I brought them home. Um, Who do you think would steal my spoons? Russell? No. Linnell? Nobody stole your spoons. You probably got them in your bag. Be, you lost I, them somewhere. Yo, maybe they are in my bag. <laughs> Lindini, what are the odds I pull a spoon out of this If you backpack? pull a spoon out of the bag, I'm tackling you. I mean, probably you will. Um, he got spoons somewhere. Oh, I found the bag in the truck. She said it's either in your truck or at work. She seemed very confident. But, but she knows and so who, far, considering I found I two bowls and two plates. The woman knows who she married. But still, I'm asking the question. You married him. Why? Um, no spoons. No spoons. No spoons in my backpack. That's uh, good. Just go look in there. You'll find one. Looking at uh, the they have a dishwasher over there, don't they? At our house? No, in the kitchen. No, there's no dishwasher. I don't think. No. Okay. Well, look in the, look in the drawer. You 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 brought it here, I'm sure. I bet there's an. I, I bet oh, somebody. Look at some of that junk you got over there. I I cleaned my junk pile the other day, and it looks junky again. Not like it did. Um. I don't know. I feel like this is progress. I found a bunch of stuff. Sweetheart, I'm bringing home two bowls, two plates, and a spoon. I still think the kids are hiding silverware. Um, let's hope they're not listening because they might take offense to that. Um, well, they know their dad. They know their dad. Believe me. Landfill, are you at all surprised that I have two bowls, two plates, and a spoon here at the office? Uh, I'm not. I am. There's obviously more spoons because who would bring two bowls and one spoon? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. And two plates. There's probably also, yeah, there's two plates. There's probably also a fork, maybe, Um, fork situation. Greenberg texted me Spoongate, and 
Greg said, if you pull a spoon out of your bag, I don't ever want to hear you talk about rooster again. So <laughs> there was no spoon in my bag. Now, could there be a spoon floating around in my truck just on the floor somewhere? Probably. Highly possible. Um, I thought I thought Lauren had two kids. I got but two every day, phones. Every day I come into work, I'm noticing she has three. Nah, not me, dog. Oh, you, dog, for sure. You got the wrong guy. Oh, we got the right guy. Um, Cliff Kingsbury talked about, I, I thought this was really smart, um, evolution, evolution, uh-huh. adapting, adaptation, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. If your offense isn't evolving, it's just not going to work. And I think he understands that. Yeah. And I think he's at a better place maybe just working as a coordinator right now than being a head coach. Because you know what? He did not seem to want to have to deal with all the head coach stuff. Yeah. A lot of people don't. You're going to hear from Cliff Kingsbury when we return. I'm going to see if I can find any more silverware. Don't go anywhere. It's P. Mitchell Finley. It is a Scotty's Vodka Red Bull Friday, baby. Ease into that weekend. Nice glass full of vodka with a whole bunch of caffeine in it. All right, B. Uh, Kingsbury talked yesterday. I want to do Kingsbury and I want to do Joe Witt. I thought both were impressive for different reasons. I almost applaud Kingsbury's not giving a bleepness. But I do think when kind of real... Topics came up that he could actually speak on. Like, he's not going to talk about Caleb Williams. He's not going to talk about choosing the commanders over the Raiders or how that all went down. Um, But I I did think there was some insight there. Um, Let's talk about people make this assumption with Cliff that he's still running the air raid. Like, it's Mike Leach calling plays in 1998. (laughs) Here's uh, Kingsbury talking about the air raid offense. I'm sorry, Landini. Uh, number seven, please. Yeah, at Texas Tech, um, University of Houston, you know, we had Case Keenum and Patrick Mahomes, so we were throwing it a ton, and it was spread offense just like a lot of those are. You get in the NFL, you, you learn the nature of that game and, and the different personnel groups and um, the matchups and, and things like that, and I'm not sure where we were on, on pass percentage my last three years there, but I, I know it wasn't at the top. Um, so we want to be balanced. We want to be able to run the football and, and uh, play action pass and um, really do whatever it takes to win. But the air raid deal is, is you know, I'm honored to be a part of that because it was Mike Leach, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for him, but uh, I wouldn't categorize anything we do under that name. All right. Um, I you may have little elements of it, but it's not necessarily the air raid. I think that's what people have to understand. And I admire the way Quinn has put this thing together where he has people on offense and defense from different backgrounds, which makes your meetings a little better because you give a different opinion and a different way you can look at something, which make it can better equip you to, uh, to try and break something down. Yeah, man, you and I were just talking about in the break how, you know, you watch Andy's offense. Yeah. And it's not – 
the same as it was when you played in it, but it's also quite close, and yeah. you can see similar concepts, you right? You can see the base concepts, but he also has that way of making sure the people that are very, very outstanding, <laughs> they, he don't try to put them in a box. Right. And I, and I think that's kind of what Cliff is probably telling you that, hey, man, we run segments of it or portions of the air raid, but we're not the air raid. We're multiple things. Uh, you, how about this? Like just the East, the West Coast offense. Four coaches run it. You see four different things. Sure. Not the exact same. Um, Jeff Scanina just got hired in Dallas uh, working on their D-line, former commander's D-line coach. So I think Dan Quinn is really excited to get another chance as a head coach, right? Um, But at the same time, he's going to run things differently than he did in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I think Kingsbury, after bouncing around and doing a year in college, is probably on some level excited to not deal with, like, think about how excited Cliff seemed to be yesterday to talk to the media. (laughs) You know what head coaches have to do? Talk to the media. Talk to the media a lot. You know what Cliff's going to have to do? He did that presser yesterday. He'll He'll talk to him once a week. He'll probably have to do one more this summer. One at training camp, and then once a week. But a lot of coaches are different. Like some coaches let their play, let their assistants talk. Andy, he didn't. Coordinators, once you get into yeah. the season, have to once a week. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think Cliff's going to mind that. I asked him the differences from being a head coach to a coordinator, and if he's looking forward to that difference. Number five, Landini. Being able to just focus on the offense um, will be great. You know, Dan has, has a bunch on his plate. I've, I've sat in that seat, and so you're dealing with the entire picture. Uh, with me now, it's, it's focused on that group and, and trying to maximize who we are personnel-wise, coaching staff-wise, and being the best we can um, just in that area. So to be able to back up and, and do that again is exciting, to put all that focus just into that um, and ready to get to work. Ready to get to work. Uh, I'm gonna play one more. Especially to hear that much bass in his voice when you just look at his face. Yeah, yeah. he's got a deep one. Yeah, yeah, he's deeper than me. Um, he's just raspy. Yeah, my right now I don't know what I got going on. I'm trying new meds. I'm on Mucinex now, landfill. Maybe that'll be the cure. Um, let's do two things. I want to play one more Kingsbury cut, but before we do that. Caller number 10, right now, 800-636-1067. You can win two tickets to see the Caps Monday, February 26th against the Ottawa Senators at Capital One Arena. For tickets and the complete Capital schedule, visit thefandc.com slash contest, courtesy of the Washington Capitals. That'll be a fun game. Now, Landini, I'm going to look at something before I do something here. This is the last time we're giving the tickets away, right? That was a this week ticket giveaway. I'd like to point out a few things from the read we've been given on this ticket read. Let's start with Brian. Please pay attention here. Uh, I want to be clear. It's 800-636-1067. Caller number 10 can win a pair of tickets to Cap Senators. The first part of this read given to me to give away the tickets says, be caller 10 to 800-637-1067. Now, also, Landfill and Jeff did not give me this read. This it gets handed to them, and then they hand it to me. So I'm not blaming the I boys. I think somebody heard you say it before, and they just thought it was that. Okay. 
I'm going to read it verbatim. Ready? <laughs> Be caller 10 to 800-637-1067 to win two tickets to see the Capitals Monday, February 26th versus the Ottawa at Capital One Arena. Like, it's a good thing I know it's the damn Ottawa Senators. <laughs> I, it's impressive. You it's just a, don't mind throwing everybody under the bus. I don't right? know who I'm throwing under the bus, which makes it much that, easier. And that might be the problem. I, maybe they it's the Cluster Buster. If the Cluster Buster doesn't know the damn call-in number, I think we got bigger <laughs> problems. I am convinced he knows the number. I'm just saying. That's, it's a hell of a read. See the Capitals play the Ottawa. Um <laughs> One question people were trying to get out of Kingsbury a number of ways, and he was smart enough to not give you much. Smart man. Uh, number 10, talking about Caleb Williams. Yeah, he's a great kid, there's no doubt. And, and like I mentioned earlier, just getting to watch Lincoln um, from afar and, and observe him and, and how he coaches and how he schemes things up and his processes was huge. And, and then just being around the younger players and, and really diving back into the everyday teaching. Sometimes when you're a head coach, you, you step back from the one-on-ones um, a little bit, and, and this allowed me to get back into that vein. Okay, so... He's not going to give you anything on Caleb. Clearly right. he likes him. What do you expect him to say? I hate that kid. No, nah, but you or, know, uh, we got to trade everything to get him. Yeah, he's not saying anything. I thought that is not his place or job to do that. Sure, and it's probably kind of nice to not yeah. have to deal with that. True, totally. I do think this gave us some insight on the process because whatever you want to say about quarterbacks, developing them ain't easy, or everybody would have one. Mm-hmm. Number six, Landini, Cliff Kingsbury on the roadmap to develop a young quarterback. First off, you got to have talented players to work with. There's no doubt. I've been very fortunate to be around some really good players, good people. But I just try to figure out what makes them tick. Um, everybody's different. Everybody learns differently. Everybody processes differently, likes different plays, um, sees the game differently. So I really try to get to the uh, bottom of who they are as a person, who they are as a player, and, and build it around them. So Cliff said trying to figure out who the person is and build around them. Joe Witt, we're going to play the Joe Witt audio in a little while. I thought he kind of said some similar things. It is easy to say the right things right now. Yeah. But, damn, you got to like what they're saying. It's like what they're saying because they seem to know what they're talking about. They seem to have a game plan of what they're doing. And also it seems like they've had conversation, although they're not all from the same background, which I am so happy to know, I don't want to have all these people from one damn place like we had before. And I think they're going to be able to bounce stuff off each other. He talked about having Lynn there now, former head coach where I can bounce off of, and he brings a different aspect of the running game than I've seen before. That can only make him a better coach if he get a head coach if he get that chance again. Totally. Because, like, let's be real. Football coaches are just like rappers Ooh. and comedians. Everybody steals everybody's stuff. That's getting tweeted, B. That's pretty good. It's the truth. Because whenever somebody is hot, what do you do? Oh, I got I to gotta take some of that. Everybody does it. So if you're a coach and you think, oh, my stuff is better than everybody, I don't need to change anything, won't be around very long. When you drop bars it's like that. It's called biting, son. That was great. Chris Miles joins us, bringing us up to speed on all things NBA. Going into the All-Star break. Don't go anywhere.
All right, a lot of good news here. It's a Scotty's Vodka Red Bull Friday. Going into a three-day weekend, a lot of good news there. Um, B, I think you'd appreciate this. My boy Ed Mathers says, you better find those spoons. Lauren's probably right. He's probably right. Um, 100%. Uh, Brian also presented us with drinks called a medicine ball that he thinks will cure my head cold and cough. That's what I was told. Is there booze in this? I don't think there's booze. It's from Starbucks. <laughs> so. It's very hot. Oh, my God. And very sour? What is that? Have you had a sip? Did you get one of these? Um, yeah, I got one, but I haven't tried it yet. Take a sip of it. There's some. There's an active ingredient, Landfill. Is it lemon? It's something lemony. I'll try one more. Got to mix it up a little bit, Jay. All right, second sip was better. Maybe all the lemon was on the top. Yeah. I would love if this thing cures me. I'm so annoyed by this per- perpetual cough that I can't shake. Well, we're working on it, man. Working we're working on it. On it. Um, trying to get you right. Now, one dude who's also working on it, trying to get right, Joe Witt Jr. Um, I want to start off the top. I People, I think, misunderstand directness for, like, being feeling disrespected. I don't think at all did Joe Witt feel like he was wronged when he was asked, why is now the right time for you to be a D coordinator? Mm-hmm. But I also feel like he clearly thought he was ready for this gig for years now. He said as far back as 2015. Uh, Joe Witt was asked, why is now the time for you to take over and run your own defense? Number two, Landini. <laughs> That's a funny question to me. Uh, I've been coaching in the league for 18 years, okay? I see a lot of these young guys get opportunities years, years, years prior, and nobody really questioned them, you know what I'm saying? Um, I've been ready, and just the opportunity now has come with Coach Quinn. But a question of my ability to call defense, to structure a defense, uh, to do that, I have full full confidence in that. I love that. I'm with him. Um, he's probably right, and there's probably, unfortunately, some element of race involved there too. Like, I mean, if you just look at the numbers, black guys don't get job offers at the same rate as white dudes. Like yeah. that's just reality, mm-hmm. and and hopefully that's changing over time. And I think the numbers would suggest it is. Maybe it's going too slow. Whatever. But I just loved the confidence, like, nah, man, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the only way to approach it. I do think – I just want to let him talk about the violence because you know what football teams need to play with? Violence. Violence. Number three, Landini. Uh, one thing I could tell you, um, like Dan said, is more about the play style than anything else, Okay. We're going to get that right first. And and one thing that we're going to do, we're going to be a run and hit defense. All right. Uh, we're going to run. And, and, and I just told this to our staff, the defensive staff. We had our first staff meeting. Um, the way that we live is not for everybody. Okay. It's not. All right. Because we're going to run and put our bodies on people in a violent manner. All right. And so we're going to get that play style right first. All right. And then the structure of what we do um, don't really, don't really, 
doesn't really matter, you know, 3-4, three, 4-3. Four, four, three, um, everybody really plays the same coverages to some point, all right? Uh, the structure doesn't matter to me. The main thing that matters to me is are we going to be arriving violently, all right, and we're going to turn the ball over, all right? We're going to make sure we disrupt these quarterbacks. That, to me, sounded a lot like what you said, you know, football coaches are like rappers. Everybody steals from everybody. Yeah. And, dude, you get really caught up in the 4-3, four, 3-4, three, three, four, whatever, like, at some point, it's about. We talked about this. Don't you get to a point where no matter if you're playing four three three four, are you playing hard? Are you playing rough? Are you are you making things happen? Because remember when Shanahan came here, he said, "I want to have, want to run the three four because it gives me a chance to have more linebackers, which makes my special teams better." Didn't happen though, did it? Well, dude, <laughs> I think about. There were, I, I can't remember what game it was, but it was late in the season. Jamin Davis made maybe the best play he had made all year mm-hmm. where he came up, shedded a linebacker, uh, shedded a fullback, I want to say. Maybe it was a pulling guard, and then stuffed the TFL, got the back in the backfield, right? And it was great. And then the next play, Jamin Davis had an opportunity for an open field tackle to force a punt. Missed it. Missed it. First down. Like, that... Those two plays in sequence have nothing to do with formation. They they have nothing to do with base defense. It's just about making a play right. and, and mentally being ready to bring that every play. And, and I think that is what Wit will kind of demand. Yeah. I wanted to get to one that I just thought was like, we heard Kingsbury earlier talk about developing a quarterback is about understanding who the player is, right? And then coaching that person, coaching that person from a place of understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know exactly which one this is, Landini. Perhaps it is number 16. Joe Witt made it clear that players aren't the problem if they can't figure it out. Coaches have to make sure they can figure it out. Well, if they're struggling, um, that's our fault, okay? Um, so, um, as coaches, we, we take this, the, the brunt of the, uh, the learning to make sure that once they go out there, they're playing fast. So, um, I'm dyslexic, okay? So, I, I, I always talk about um, – coaching the creative learner and and if a guy struggles to learn at times that is our job to make sure that we teach them in many different facets in many different ways so that that guy can get it all right that's our job that's what they pay us what they pay us they don't pay us all this money just to to go in there and, and put it up on the board and if certain guys can't get it no it's your job to make sure they can get it and if a coach um sits there and says he can't learn he probably can't coach Okay, so um, we'll, we'll get these guys to understand what we want them to do and do it in a, 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 a very good manner. B. Mitch is clapping in the studio. Um, that seems different than what we heard from the previous defensive coordinator. That's, pre- that, that's than we heard from many people. They blame the player for not being able to get it. What, I, what do I talk about every Monday after games? Why are our guys still communicating when the ball's being snapped? And I've always said it, if the if it's too difficult for your guys to get, it's too damn difficult. 
oh, you're not doing your job. And this guy basically said, and I'm sure, his coach is all over the place telling him, man, shut up. Because he's making their job hard now. Put the onus on them. We keep bringing all these players in, and we go, well, this guy, this guy is this. This guy is that. What's the common denominator? The same damn coaching, right? Yeah. I um, It's important to know that, like, this is the time of year coaches are supposed to impress you. Nobody has, nobody has blown a coverage mm-hmm. or thrown an interception. Like, if a coach isn't impressing you right now, often can lead to problems down the road. Yeah. But sometimes coaches aren't impressive, and they still end up doing pretty well. Yeah. At least that's what we talked about Sirianni for a while, yeah, and now maybe was... that's a question, but. But he got, he got him to a Super Bowl. <laughs> um, I, I also think we, we saw a, I, I don't know that vulnerability is the right thing, but just an honest, open approach from Witt. When he said, when he said he, you know, he's dyslexic, and so that's forced him to look at things differently. Mm-hmm. I was talking with with the cluster buster Kynard about that this morning. I that just really resonated with me. I've never actually like tested for dyslexia or whatever, but like I often flip my letters around, and clearly I can't keep numbers straight, that sort of stuff. Or um, just stay straight, right? Like I, if you had to guess, there's something going on in my brain, right? <laughs> and and I'm not trying to make light of anything. Like, I think you've got to allow people to learn and and take information in however it comes to them. Not in a, this is the way to do it, and if you don't do it this way, you don't know what you're doing. And I think it seems like this staff will embrace that. At least what we've heard now yeah. from, from Cliff and from Witt and it's easy to say, I mean, let's be real, B. You take a quarterback number two overall, you're going to do whatever it takes to make that guy understand. You're going to move heaven and earth because that's what the franchise will be judged upon. Yeah. But like a fifth-round linebacker, a lot of people are like, hey, hey, fella, figure that bleep out. Yeah. I don't care what you say. But that's the thing I told you about Coach Sounds Gibbs. different, though. Coach Gibbs was able to. Communicate with everybody because he dealt with everybody in a certain in, in the way that they can learn. Not, oh, I'm going to just deal with you in one way. He knew that he had to go talk to Dexter in a different way than he did Charles. And he knew he had to talk to Daryl differently than he talked to me. But he was able to get out of you what you had in you. That's all they're talking about. But all these coaches that try to act like they treat everybody the exact same, B.S. You don't treat everybody the same, and you shouldn't. But to try to make everyone think that they are, that's a lie to them. Make sure you can find out what makes that guy tick. Like he said he's dyslexic. It may be something that he can't he can't get it the regular way. So you just got to be able to be attentive enough to understand what's going on with that one player. And then if you get it to it, then all of a sudden you find out he learns just like everybody else because you know you found out what it was, which would also tell that player, he was he cared about me some. He cared more about me than just being a player. Totally. And, and I think we will kind of see how this all shakes out, right? And it sounds great right now, but they're not gonna play a game for 
six months. Yep. Maybe more, seven months. God, that's depressing. <laughs> but there's also clearly a relationship between Joe Witt and Dan Quinn, uh, number 19 landfill, that this thing goes beyond just football and is a real friendship. Um, first thing, it's going to sound sort of corny, but he's he's just the best human being that I've probably been around in, in football. Okay, he's take the football coach out of it. He's a really good person. When I get to Atlanta, um, and I have to move my family down, he writes handwritten notes to my kids. I never had a head coach do that. All right, my son was struggling in football um, with a with a, a certain bl- um, block uh, blitzing scheme, and he takes time out of his day to put a video of Michael Parsons rushing on a tackle from practice to help my son um, rush on the tackle in, 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 in his practice. That's what type of dude this is, all right? So I'm all in with him, 100%. Um, and then as a coach, he allows you to be creative. He, he wants the, you to think outside of the box. He wants you to go uh, – going into last year, I mean this offseason – Last two years in a row prior to that, 21 and 22, we were the number one team in the league for two years in a row in turnovers. You know what the first thing he told me to do? Joe, how can we get more turnovers? I want you to research how do you get more turnovers because the ball is life. All right, so he's always trying to make you level up and and, and give you the ability to think outside of the box and do it. He doesn't want to just say, hey, that's the way we've already done it. And I'm a believer, too. If if I I ask you a question and you say, that's the way I've always done it, it can be changed, all right, because that's not a very good answer. All right, so we're going to always try to find a way to get better and level up and think outside of the box because that's what these offenses are doing. All right, the, what the, these motions and these shifts and these formations that these guys are, are, are doing that's coming from the college game, if you don't think it's outside of the box, you will, you will fall short. And so we will be um, innovative in that way. Level up sounds a little like knuckle up, Landfill. But don't he? Kind of like it. You remember you said the referee came over and talked to your daughters? Before yeah. that game, yeah, it changed your mindset about that referee, though. Sure, hundred percent. Dan Quinn, just hearing that, when you do the little things, you get people like the dude say, "I'm all in with him." I always say, "What to make a person run through a wall for somebody?" You get a guy and they have a son or a daughter dealing with some issues, and you take the time to do that for them, knowing how busy you are. That is when you see that football is not everything; it's what you do beyond the football. Hell, they all love football. They don't want to go out there. They want to practice. They're going to be meeting. But when you do something like that, that changes your whole mindset about a person. I'm pulling for him, dog. I'm pulling for him. I want to see exactly how this thing can go. And uh, I'm expecting big things. Say it like that. Yeah, I, I think we have no idea what Dan Quinn will be. Right, He might be really bad at deciding when to punt and when to go for it. He might be really bad at managing the clock, two-minute warnings. Um, They might draft bad. Adam Peters might stink. We have no idea. We believe certain things. But you can tell Dan Quinn's a good dude. Like, the, the amount of people I've talked to off the record that have said these kinds of things, and then Joe Witt telling you that on the record, He's a good person. They're coming at this the right way. Um, and I told you, I was told that people are coming here because of him. And everybody everybody now, when you hear him to a man, they like him right. as a person more yeah. than a the coach. There's something to that. That says something. You know yeah. who I like as a person? 
Who that? Doug Cameron. Because I meant to book him last night, and I did not. And I just texted him, and he said, I got five minutes right now. Doug, how are you, buddy? I'm good, man. You got me in between basketball games. Oh, perfect. Um, well, dude, I don't want to hold you up. I want you to get back <laughs> on the court. What is going on this weekend? How real is the weather? I'll tell you, it's, it's, a, it's a really good storm. Let me step out of the gym. So uh, we, we got a really good storm coming. I love the fact that this storm is a, a little clipper system. So many times these clippers don't have a whole lot of moisture with them, but this one's got some pretty good moisture with it. And I think we're going to pick up a nice little two to four inches around the city. Some locations, even in the metro, could go up to five inches. And north and west where we have the uh, winter storm warning, which is like Loudoun County, uh, western Loudoun County, Frederick County. I mean, those areas to the west could pick up upwards of four, maybe six inches of snow, possibly even more. You say, so we good, got good, snow. You say good storm? How you put good and in here, and, All right, here you go, B-Mate. He's a snow lover. All right, and this is what I've been talking about on the air, because even like Sean Yancey, Unyang, they don't like the snow. This is a perfect storm for everybody. The reason is because it's going to start tonight at 11 o'clock. So it, you go out to dinner, you get back home, you're safe, no problem. starts around 11 o'clock. As long as you're in by, by midnight, B-Mitch, yeah, really. uh, you, should be, <laughs> you should be fine. And then the snow works out overnight, gets out of here by 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. You wake up. It's beautiful. It really is going to be like a winter wonderland right around 8 o'clock in the morning as the sun's coming up. And then sun comes out 10 o'clock-ish and starts to melt everything off. And the roads are probably fine by 10, 11 o'clock for the most part, especially the main roads. So that's why I'm saying this is a really nice – it's going to be a really nice pretty snow. Uh, it's not going to be highly impactful. Yes, they might they might have to cancel some basketball games tomorrow, things like that at, at local schools. I'm a little worried about that. But uh, all in all, it's going to be really nice for everybody. It's not, you're you're going to be able to get out tomorrow. If you've got plans outside, you've got plans to get around town tomorrow, especially in the afternoon, you should be fine. Um, ba- I got basketball at noon. You think that's getting canceled? Not for me, for my daughter. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and, and that's, that's somebody asked me that earlier today. Uh, I think they're going to cancel a lot of those. I don't know if they – I don't know their cancellation policy. So if they cancel the morning games, can they keep the afternoon games? Or do they say, hey, guys, we got to we got to cancel everything. Right. So if they say if your game's at noon on, that should be fine. Because I, any games at 8, 9 o'clock might have a problem. So what do I have to do about the those, car uh, I got washed yesterday? <laughs> What's that? I said, what do I do about the car I got washed yesterday? Did you buy the monthly plan where you can go anytime you want? No, I didn't. I got the biggest uh, plan and got it shined oh, up. Oh, well, then you got a yeah, and then you got a problem. So yeah. Um, poor B. Mitch. <laughs> uh, is this good sledding snow? Uh, it's great sledding snow. Okay. It's great sledding snow. It's gonna it's gonna be really. It's not gonna be the best for like a snowman. Um, although if we get a bottom layer, like a, the first two hours comes down and kind of melts a little bit. If we get that bottom layer coming down and it's a little watery, uh, that would be great. The top layer is going to be kind of powdery. So that's why it's going to look so pretty. And that's also why tomorrow afternoon is going to look so different too, because the wind's going to pick up and it's going to blow everything off the trees. So if you want to take a picture, you know, get those pictures early in the morning. All right. Good stuff. Doug, what's your hoops game like? You're kind of a broad shoulder guy. Are you a, are you a bully in the lane? I'll tell you what, uh, Wednesday, I was on fire from three-point land, and uh, today the reason I'm talking to you is because I lost. Ah. So, you know, that's how it goes. Like, one day you're great, and the next day it's like, oh, my God. That is definitely how it goes. Did you watch any of the <laughs> Joe Witt or Cliff Kingsbury stuff from yesterday? Did you, Do you like what you're hearing? I do like what I'm hearing. I love what you guys just said. I mean, already they're creating a culture, aren't they? Already they're creating a culture around Dan Quinn, around King Kingsbury. I mean, this, I think this is going to be – this is now it's starting to get me excited a little bit. And you know where I stood on that, JP? I wanted to see what was going on. Uh, but to see the guys that they're getting and their coaching staff, 
And then to hear those guys talking about, you know, how much they want to play and how much, or how much they want to be here in, in D.C., uh, which was something that I don't think anybody said yeah. six months ago. Right. Uh, that, 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 that means a lot to me. So I love what I'm hearing from those guys. And what you guys just said, I was thinking the exact same thing yesterday, and then you guys just said it so succinctly. It's just like everybody wants to come here now to play for the guys that are at the top of the, at the, top of the heap here. Uh, all right. Well, you got to get back on the court. Real snow, if you are inside the Beltway, expect two to four? Two to four. Yeah, even inside the Beltway. I think even D.C. Uh, gets over two inches, and that's, down, that's downtown. So wow. this is definitely real snow. So it's, it's going to be good. And if we get a nice little boom out of it, you know, again, we could see – I know you live right by me. We could see four or five inches. <laughs> wow. Dude, wow. I'm, I'm going to be a whitetail Sunday, so hopefully we get all that up there. Thank you. I know you're playing hoops. Thank you, you for it. making time. All right, brother. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. That's our guy, Doug Camerer. Chief Meteorologist, NBC4, giving us a scoop. It's going to snow this weekend, so be prepared, be folks. Be prepared, people. All right. Time to talk a little NBA hoops. NBA All-Star Weekend coming up. Landfill, we were going to play the contest of uh, slam dunk contest participant or Eastern European politician. We might still get to play that. Right now, though, from NBA TV, our guy, Mr. Chris Miles. Miles, what up, dude? How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Uh, you know, congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs and Pat Mahomes winning the Super Bowl. So excited excited for him getting another one in, you know? Yeah. He is that dude. Yes, he is. Who is of the current NBA, Miles, not of the past, frankly, 20 years it'd be LeBron, but of the current NBA today, who is that dude? Sergio? I mean, there's a lot of them. Shea Gilgis Alexander, but I'm going with Luka Doncic. There can't be a lot of Luka's them because there's guy. one that dude. <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm a, if I have to be on the record, I'm gonna say Luka Doncic for this reason. First of all, you don't realize how tall he is until you're around him, right? Because he kind of plays where he looks like oh, he he's like Magic Johnson, Larry Bird size. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and he's also like this magician. So as you know, you know, being friends with Sham God, and uh, he works with Luke on a daily basis, and he told me, he's like, man, this dude is not just basketball. Like, he's one of these guys, like, he'll throw a piece of paper around his head and hit someone on the other side of the room when he's playing around. Or he'll give him tennis balls, and he could do, like, magic tricks. And it's just something about the way the guys are galvanized by his presence you hear about it, you see it. Just like Steph Curry warming up, people are now going to see Luca warm up before a game because he's making trick shots. You know, he's just he's just got that stuff with him, man. I think he's one of those guys, like I said about Giannis, like I said about the Joker. He's going to win a championship. The Joker might win. be that guy because they can't seem to do a damn thing with the Joker. Oh, he's been that guy. I've That's what I'm saying. saying. I, I know he's not, he's not sexy, but he might be that guy. Oh, he's big sexy, baby. He's big sexy. Like I said, it was Giannis. You know, I, I was all G's moving silence like Giannis. I was Giannis, Joker, but you asked me about the next guy, Luca the Don. Uh, very interesting. Dude, so what? Uh, what is your role this weekend with all the All-Star Game stuff? Do you have to work? What What do you got going on? I, I don't even know where they're going. This, Where is it? Minnesota or something? Indianapolis. Indianapolis, you know, okay. You know Indianapolis well. Right? You know what I, I mean? Do. Combine place. Indy is a good city for events like this. I think it'll actually be fun because it's really pretty simple and centralized. Yep. Walk inside the uh, whole damn So are block. you going? Yeah. What are you doing? 
No, I'm actually off this weekend, which is really good, man. Good for you, dude. Time with my kids and my family and stuff. Yeah, right. You know how it is when you're in the middle of the season. You're like, hold on. Yeah. I get five days. I get five days, so I've been hooping a bit. I mean, I saw on uh, Instagram with Jamal Crawford yesterday. Yeah, so that's it, man. Going to enjoy that. Going to try to get around the golfing, huh? Did he cook you? We were on the same team, sir. I'm Uh not going to try to guard him. Have you seen the highlights? I'm the guy that brings the ringer to the gym. Who All guards right? him in I'm that like, situation? Well, so that the other guy in the picture is Mario uh, West. They play together for the Hawks. So typically, if you bring a pro to the gym, another pro has to beat him. That's basketball. Right, it's right, like, right. Could That's you fair. imagine guys trying to, like, a defensive back that didn't play in the NFL, like, oh, Randy Moss is going to play today. Right. Who's guarding him? <laughs> Come on, man. Feel- and Jamal Crawford is that. Yeah. I mean, he was a microwave. He could just score at all times, right? Well, yeah, here's the crazy fun fact. Uh, being his friend, he told me this. He was like, you know that Michael Jordan commercial where, like, they had to get a young Mike? He's like, that was me. I was like, come on, bro. Really? That's how gifted he is. Yeah, if you go watch that commercial, that is Jamal Crawford doing the dunks and everything. That you, you think it's a young Michael Jordan? That's wow. Jamal Crawford. That's the kind of, like, athleticism he has. That's good info. I, I'm going to use that at a bar one night. Who played young Mike in the commercial? <laughs> there you go. They're going to be naming all kinds of people. Like, nope, Jamal Crawford. Give him my money. Gafford? <laughs> Since the Wiz traded away Gafford, he's been balling for Dallas. Is that just a kind of an impact of playing with Luka? Absolutely. We... First of all, any time on our show we talk about the Wizards, we'd be like, man, that Daniel Gafford, he'd be great on the Phoenix Suns. He'd be great on the Dallas Mavericks. The way his motor in which he plays, I don't know if you saw that first game uh, they debuted with the Dallas Mavericks, but they set a franchise record for his points scored in the first quarter, 47. <laughs> he looked so tired from catching alley-oops. He's like, I'm not used to this. I'm not used to a point <laughs> ball passing me the ball 15 times, man. You can see the, the happiness in his face, but also the exhaustion. Um. Quickly, Miles, because this one might be complicated. We're talking with our boy Chris Miles from NBA TV. Um, you can follow him on X and Instagram at Chris Miles TV. Uh, does Doc Rivers suck? Oh man, <laughs> uh, dude, what the no, hell is going on with the Bucks? Yeah, they they're, got worse. They're like three and seven or three and eight since he got there. Well, so here's the thing: their defense is technically improved. I'll start there with the positive part. I'll start with the positive part. But, man, this is 25th year as a coach. This dude was like, I'm retired. I'm going to go do TV. You going to pay me how much to come back and coach? <laughs> how much? $80 million? Sign me back up. Yes, I will. Yes, I'm going to come do half the season, coach the All-Star game. $80 million. Yes, I'm in. I'm in. You, you sound right, like, but you sound like Chris, Chris Rock, man. But they're not really <laughs> winning. Like, what is – all right, so considering all that, right, you talk about Luka – in the in the East, it looks like it's the Celtics that are going to run away with this thing. Do you see it the same way? Because the Bucks are kind of a mess right now. I'm sorry, sir. Did you forget are, who you were talking to? Are you buying Hashtag the Knicks Nick as a real tape. contender? Hashtag Knicks tape, baby. Are you buying oh, yeah, them as a real ball. contender? Special delivery. I am irrational. Okay. I cannot, <laughs> imagine, if imagine if your Commodores finally got it together. Imagine if your Commodores went sure got a real quarterback and a real coach and were playing defense and smacking people around, knocking off Giants every week. Not the New York Giants, but, like, actual teams that were really good. 
that's I, what it's like being a Knicks fan right now, okay? I and it's get been that. Like then there's still years. 10 games behind the Celtics. Yeah. Listen, sir. All right? <laughs> First of all, you are clearly a, ha- a glass half empty guy. Not me. I am a glass half full guy. How many games they really have left? Zinkot, I'm Mr. How many Pop- games they have left? Here's how we could beat the Celtics. That's the important part. They got Porzingis, who we drafted, right? He hurt his knee, and we gave up on him. And I told Porzingis when he was with the Wizards, like, I'm happy for you, and I'm proud of you, sir, right? But he's the X factor. But you know Porzingis gets injured quite frequently. The Knicks cannot beat the Celtics if Porzingis is on the floor. But if he's out for a couple of games in the series, I'd really like our chance. That's where I'm at with that. But if he's not, I should, I should bet against him? A hundred percent. You know I do the bet shows. If for, <laughs> if, if Chris Porzingis, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown on the floor, there's nothing we can do with that, bro. But no Chris Tapps, let's go Knicks tape. Um, what do you like out west? Who's legit out there? I think you got four or five contending teams. And before the trade deadline, I would not have put the Dallas Mavericks uh, there. But it's really interesting because OKC and Minnesota have been one and two in the standings, but I don't I don't think they could win at all. So I go with the defending champs, obviously first in the Denver Nuggets. I like the Clippers, but their thing is always health. Like their group, the way they're playing, uh, best record since December first, right? Like they just seem like they put it all together. But I'm like, all right, Kawhi Leonard, we've seen this before. I know he's a two-time Finals MVP, but you get to the second round, it's like, oh, his hamstring's out. Yeah, they can't win without him. So this is a group that I'm like, caveat with them more than any other team. If healthy, they could win it all and be like, whoa. I think they're still getting 25-1 to odds on winning it all. That's where I would place my money. We saw Sacramento last year make some noise. How about this year? They've fallen way back, dude. Wow. Yeah, I think if you look at De'Aaron Fox, uh, his shooting splits and his struggles month to month, he's struggling as the season progresses. And what you see from teams, like you know this in football, right? A team makes a deep playoff run or they become a playoff team. And, like, the player. Miles forgot to pay his phone bill. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. We appreciate you. I'll shoot you a text, buddy. Um, Let's do this. We got Bees coming up with his weekend picks. One o'clock, we're going to open up the phones for Ask B. Mitch Anything. One uh, thirty, we have an incredibly incredible story about a really dumb lady. Nobody go anywhere. Huh? So one great thing about this song is obviously the the ties and, and the memories of A Night at the Roxbury. But also, like, I only know this as like a old school song, right? Mm-hmm. Our next guest, Mike Beasley, probably danced to this song at the clubs when it was new. Bees, do you remember yeah. when that song Bees came out? Old, man? Bees, yeah, he trying to call you old, man. What the hell wrong with him? I don't know, but he's pretty accurate. I don't think he was out when I was up. Uh, it wasn't even at the disco yet, actually. So, <laughs> uh, I bet you were at the Mirage dancing to that joint with big old puffy hair and like a pink silk shirt on. <laughs> yeah, we had a place called Mr. G's, and we'd go down, and that was probably on there. Uh, that was a disco they had off of uh, Sahara and... Uh, Las Vegas, nah, I think it was Las Boulder Highway, I think it was, in the middle of nowhere. It's right in the middle of the city now. So, it's uh, yeah, it was definitely a long, long time ago. <laughs> Dude, so we, Way were, back, I said. We, we were all out in Vegas last week together, and, and we all raised a little bit of hell and had some fun. Um, what's it like for you to go back home to the city you grew up in and just see what it has become now? 
it's it's actually really cool because you know you can go to different landmarks and I know we're kind of pinched on time, but end of the day, there's really some some old school bars to go to. Piero's is one of them, which is the uh, is where the mob used to hang out. Even uh, where the uh, Live Golf Tour was, they played at the Las Vegas Country Club. The homes that were surrounding that uh, country club is where all the mob guys lived back in the, you know the 50s and the 60s. I mean, it's uh, wow. it's old school. There's a lot of really cool cool places to go to that people don't see when you're on the strip. We never did because. I was taking an Uber down the uh, hallway, so it doesn't really matter for me. <laughs> Dude, is, is that country club when in casino when the plane lands on the fairway? Is that, like, should that technically have been Vegas country club? Uh, yeah, that's it. That's, that's wild. It. That's really cool. Um, all right, dude. So, three-day weekend coming up. Now, football is over, and it's a tough you know, it's Thank tough. goodness. Well, I'm not into it. I, I love betting football. Everything else is, is not even secondary. It's like fifth place to me. Um, but that Are doesn't mean I'm going to stop. I'm not kidding you. You like betting NASCAR and stuff, dude. Uh, guess, that's, guess what I'm giving out today. <laughs> is it Daytona this weekend? It, it, it's a Super Bowl of NASCAR. How do you not know that? Yeah, Everyone JP. knows that. Hold I on. don't know that. Hold on. For the record, <laughs> I said, is it Daytona this weekend? That meant I was right. You're right. Okay, okay, okay. I knew. Um, that's it. Um, you, had to watch the, you had to watch the race last night, then. The two races, the duels, to get you into the uh, did not. Daytona. Had to work. Sorry. It was at it was at five o'clock at night. No, seven o'clock. Seven and eight thirty, I think it was. The two races. I missed them. You give, missed them. Give us some picks. So here we go. So I am giving NASCAR. There's some. Uh, what I saw was really good last night. Was the Toyota manufacturer was really good. If you take the manufacturers, you can take Toyota plus two forty to win the Daytona. Hamlin's real good. Uh, Truex is good. Uh, a big dog that I like in the race, and I want you to play him as um, straight up. Plus 6,500 is a Daniel Suarez. going to be the first international driver to win Daytona 500. Car looked good last night. Got kicked back a little bit. Solid car. Denny Hamlin had race two. He got uh, he got swiped at the end by his actually teammate, Ricky Bell. Um, so I like him at plus 1,000. I like Toyota plus 240. I like Suarez plus 6,500. And I also like Suarez to finish in the top five. It, at eight to one, so plus eight hundred. So that's what I like in the Daytona. Uh, moving to college hoops, two games. Uh, there's a couple games I like out there. Uh, two of them are going today. I like Villanova uh, against a absolutely um, horrific Georgetown team, minus nine and a half tonight. Hey, bees. And I have. Are, are you surprised how bad Georgetown is? Like we knew I it am, was a rebuild, thought- but they're bad. I, you're right. I just saw when they got a new coach in there and everything like that, that the environment would change. And, boy, it's it's almost kind of similar to what UNLV went through for – it was like about a, t- a decade of, where we had zero in basketball after Tarkanian left. And it took, you know, a couple of big coaches that came in there. Like, they lasted about five or six years after that. But then they just hit a, you know, really soft spot. They're still kind of in the rebuilding program. You very seldomly see them. I do think they get into uh, – the tournament this year, though. So, as I listened to you guys not be able to name any um, teams from the West Coast yesterday, that was very nice of you. We guys. were able to name them for the record. We got <laughs> we got there. All right. Um, so you got to lay the points against the Hoyas. A hundred NASCAR bets. I kind of like. Yeah. I didn't know you could just bet on a manufacturer like Toyota, Ford, Chevy. 
See, I'm here to educate, baby. Educate. I like one more <laughs> hoops game tonight. Columbia minus eight and a half against a horrible uh, Dartmouth team. So, how do you get to? Uh, how do you get to betting Ivy League basketball on a Friday night? In did the he big say city? he betting on Coach Gibbs race team or not? He's a Toyota guy. Okay. I'm yep, that is say, Coach Gibbs. All right, I, that is pro- I was about to have a problem with you, bees. Um, he's got Hamlin. He's got Truex. He's got uh, he's got a good team. He's he's been a big big player, if not the biggest player in NASCAR over the last uh, decade. I say at least maybe two decades. The man he's is been a winner, super dog. strong. He's well, a winner. It used he to be is. it used to be Gibbs and Hendricks. Has Hendricks kind of fallen off? Uh, no, they've got a good team too. I mean, it's between those guys. Hendricks has a good team. Really, the top two teams in uh in NASCAR right now. All the because Hendricks has four drivers. Uh, Gibbs has, I want to say, four drivers, two, three that run full-time and one that runs part-time. And why I know all this is almost embarrassing to keep talking about it. <laughs> it's because you're a DJ and you bet on NASCAR all the yeah, time. Yeah, all the damn time. <laughs> um, and that gets you back to your first question. Why are you betting on the Ivy League? <laughs> so. Yeah. But, like, how does your research land you with Columbia versus Dartmouth? So when I look at these things, and that's why I lost to you guys, and I, I went against uh, Denton Day the other day with Detroit. I looked to bet against these teams are in the, the the ten worst teams in in basketball. Dartmouth is one of those teams. Um, so, you know that's that's just kind of where I fall. So, and I am going to be taking. I want to say it's Indiana uh, Fort Wayne or Purdue Fort Wayne against Detroit to get my money back, by the way. They're uh, Detroit's at home. They will not win two in a row. They'll probably be about a seven-point dog. No lines out at this point that I can find. But I will be going back against Detroit again, one in 26. How do I lose against a team who loses 27 games? I mean, Almost like my Super Bowl record. Didn't want to listen to him, man. Didn't want to listen years. to him. Well, I mean, you, not only did You're you. You're 6-35 and 35 now, right? Not only did. 6-35 six, six and 35 is correct. Bees disagree with the information Denton gave us. He called me to explain why Denton was wrong. <laughs> He's like, one and eight this team. They're one and eight at home against the spread. I can't make that play. I'll take my lumps, and I took it. We all so. made it. We all made it all the way to the bank. What do you got going on this weekend, two, Beasley? I, uh, we're, we got some snow. We've got uh, boys to men tonight in the house, so we'll be rocking at uh, MGM. Nice. And then really just kind of be at the casino. We got some uh, bad weather, I think, coming in tonight, so. Might cause a little slowness at the casino, but not too much. I think it all clears out. Now will, I'm a weatherman. Will man. you stay there? I predict everything. If the weather What's gets that? bad, will you stay there? I could. I don't think it's coming in until later. Um, but if it was really Around 12 bad, o'clock yeah, is you know, coming. MGM does a really good job about taking care of their employees. If the weather gets too bad, they'll go ahead and they'll set aside like a ballroom. If, we, you know, if we're out of rooms and stuff, they'll you know put us some – you know, we got all those rollaway beds and stuff that we can put people in so they don't get uh, put themselves in danger of driving. All right. You owe me 50 bucks from the Detroit bet. Um, oh, blah, 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 hold on, hold blah, on, blah. Hold on. I'm giving you a double or nothing, and I know you'll take it. Let's set up a ruler, either my house or your house, and we'll set a total on the snow. Ooh, okay. Okay, I like it. Um, snow bet. I'm going to say you no, do it, you do it at your DJs. house, and I'm going to take, take over four and a half inches. Over four and a half inches in my they house. They say three to five. So I'm, right. I'm giving you the bonus here. I will send you four a picture. Four and a half inches. I'll send you a picture of the ruler. We'll agree to it. Uh, consider that action booked, sir. Thank you as always. Go Toyota. Y'all need help, dude. <laughs> See you guys. That's our guy, Bees. All right. It's I'm going to bring the sofa and the psychiatrist. You get to ask an NFL legend anything. Ask B Mitch anything. 800 636 1067. Phone lines now open. 
Don't forget either, Be Bishop Finley is brought to you by Rude HVAC Equipment. Head over to Rude.com to find a contractor near you and available tax credits and rebates, R-U-U-D. And remember what, Brian? If it ain't rude, it ain't right. It is time for Ask B. Mitch Anything. You can ask an NFL legend anything you want on the planet. It's a lot of latitude, people. Don't Hmm. take advantage. 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. Let's get things kicked off with our guy Andy in Sterling. Andy, what up, man? Good afternoon, gentlemen. What's up, man? Thank you, bro. Uh, Before I ask my question to B. Mitch, I want to make a comment. I get so sick and tired of... uh, Certain members of the media, even hosts on this uh, on this uh, station, always proclaim that Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, is some kind of a, a genius, an offensive uh, savant of some kind. Here's a guy who's lost three, been participating three losses in Super Bowls, I believe, and blown big leads. So that genius part, you know, I really don't want to hear it anymore. What I want to ask B. Mitch is, Brian, did Kyle Shanahan throw Steve Wilson under the bus? by basically coming out and saying that, yeah, my defensive coordinator was the reason why we lost. And second question is, do you feel that Andy Reid continues not to get the respect he deserves, even after winning so many Super Bowls? And I know trying to portray him as some kind of a buffoon, some old guy who doesn't, you know, maybe well, living in the past. Andy, Andy gets his respect. I think everybody's always looking for the next instead of uh, admiring what's already there. Andy has done it for a long time. He's still doing it. But I, I, I think that they scapegoat uh, Wilkes, to be honest with you. You know, it wasn't all about Wilkes. They gave up 19 points in regulation. And your high-powered offense didn't score enough to win the game. So, Dude, I mean, the biggest <laughs> play in that game was the muff punt. And it wasn't even a muff punt. It wasn't on the returner. Yeah. But, like, they had the lead. They just forced another punt. If you didn't get punt. rid of the, the special teams coordinator, you got a problem. That That's where, if you want to blame anybody as a coach, special teams coordinator. Yeah, I mean, their special teams were arguably the reason they lost that game. You missed yeah. an extra point. You muff a punt. Um, I, the Wilkes thing I find interesting. I wonder if there's not more subtext that we don't know about. But whatever it is, people are going to take it as they blame him for the loss when – Kyle had a lot to do with that, too. You ran nine plays in three series. Yeah. Didn't run the football. Yeah. So you gave that other team a chance to come back. Yeah. It wasn't – it's just funny, too, because I think the game the Niners played would have beat just about anybody. But that team. Right? I think it beat anybody but the Chiefs. uh, Which I'm talking about yesterday, though. If you don't evolve, yeah. you can't do the same things over and over again. He's done the same thing in three damn Super Bowls. Had a lead and lost them, and lost. It, the it's game. pretty remarkable, dude. So, and in, and in the second half, you can look where there are periods where it's questioned: Are you running? Are you still trying to run your offense like you were running it, or now you want to show how good you are? And that comes back to bite him in his ass. Yeah, I, I mean, it's been crazy, dude. Um, I don't know about this one, landfill. Phone lines are open, 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. Uh, I'm officially filing a complaint before I take this call. Oh, my. Hey, Jay, whatever, man. Ask me a question. 
<laughs> What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? What's up, Jay? Hey, B. Mitch. Listen, first, let me say, um, I appreciate you. I'm a math and science guy, too. Always respect for, you know, brothers that kind of think that weird way we think. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, listen, like me. <laughs> listen, no offense to JP. He's a smart dude. I mean, Maryland, Georgetown, all of that. But how many times a week, B. Mitch, or even a day, for some of the stuff that comes out of his mouth, do you just shake your head and say, damn, I, I really still got a lot of work to do? Because, I mean, stuff like I'm, I'm, I'm babysitting my kids and going and taking food out of, ref- out of the freezer, other people's stuff. I mean, I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, I know this is a smart dude, but there is something that's going on here that I'm is not connecting. B. Mitch. Just, just, you got work to do. Hey, you know what? And he's my dog, so I'm going to work with him. But we shake our head very often. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. When we first started doing the show together, and Lanfield, how old were those Cheetos that he went there and started eating? Man, like, they're like two years past the date. They're just Cheetos. Like, there's nothing wrong with But it's with two Cheetos. years past the date, dude. Yeah, but, like, what could go wrong with a Cheeto? Something. See, I think, I think people are too... We, we are raised to believe what the system is telling you. And I am a person that likes to question authority. Oh, and you do that. that. That Maybe that's where I'm okay. headed. All right. Um, or, or just like old free food. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Thank you, Jay. That has nothing to do with babysitting your kids. I so, haven't babysat in a, while, a long time. You know All what? Right. All right. My wife's going All out right. for dinner tonight. You know what I'm doing? Babysitting the kids. Hanging out with the kids. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. That's what I told you then. Hanging out. There, there you go. go. There See you go. Buddy. <laughs> All right, brother. Uh, Take care, man. Timmy's in Fairfax. <laughs> Timmy, ask me anything. Timbo, you what there? Up, Tim? How you doing, man? Oh, Tim. I'm sorry. I yeah. didn't hear you. Uh, yeah, I have two quick questions for B. Mitch. What you got? Uh, question number one. Uh, Brian, when you signed your two deals with the Eagles and the Giants, did you sign those deals primarily because you wanted to stay in the same division with the Redskins or because those were the best offers you got at the time? I wanted to stay in the division. And, well, the first year was to play against the Redskins. The second time was to play against the Eagles. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm All a little right. revengeful. It's, just, it's I'm made up. Okay. Yeah. All right, here's question number two. Um, you remember that um, arrangement that was made for Allen Iverson uh, by his agent. They put some money into a trust Reba. that he was not allowed to touch until he turned 55. Yeah. Right? Um, that deal probably saved Iverson from financial ruin, you know, long before he turned 55. Do you think that uh, the players' associations in different sports should uh, – compel young athletes who sign uh, long-term big money deals to set up a trust similar to the Allen Iverson trust uh, to put a certain percentage of that money into the trust that they can't touch until they're say at least 50 years old uh, in order to protect those athletes. Well, I think they, uh, they give them a lot of information which tells you about protecting your money and things you should do. But I don't think the league or any other league will ever tell a guy what to put his money in because just like Allen Iverson saved, what if it goes south? And they're not going to be held liable. 
But they do, believe me, the NFL does an absolute lot to tell players how to protect their money, how to save, what to invest in. And you know what players do? They don't do it half the time. So, I think. And then the agents that they hire or their financial people should be the ones helping them out, not necessarily the league. And there are the, the PA gives league certified financial planners yeah. that not everybody listens to. I think. Like, people will look at the Iverson deal, or there was the Antoine Walker kind of famously blew a bunch of cash. I think, by and large, dude, I think, by and large, 98% of police officers are really good people. I think, by and large, 98% of pro athletes take care of their money. Yeah. Like, I, I think we But get, the stories are never written about those guys. Right. And I think it would be totally unfair to the guys that are smart with their cash in baseball, hockey football, whatever, that they have to chip into some fund that probably won't perform how their how their yeah. financial products are performing to take care of the idiots. Like, I, I'm a believer in people should be able to do what they want. There are pensions if you last a certain amount of time in the sport that pensions, should. severance, and 401 Yeah, like that should take care of you for that. So I, I wouldn't want to have to allocate money away. I'm taking care of my stuff. I don't want to have to take care of you. Does that make sense? Sure. I have one last question for the whole team. Tim, go deep. Um, Make it quick, is dude. This, okay, is this a good time for the Lerner family to go to the other MLB owners and ask them to confront the Angelos family and tell them point blank that if they do not terminate the Masson deal, the sale of the Orioles will not be approved? Well, I think you can do it, but it won't work. And I think Angelos will be, be waiting on that because all he want to do is go to court. But you can't the, you can't just force them to do it. You have to. You have to uh, uh, what's uh, the uh, question? Will, is it time for the learners to go to the Angelo, to the Major League Baseball, all the other teams, and tell them to tell Learner you have to give up this Masson deal right now? We won't approve this sale. Yo, Learner's not going to want to hold on to Masson. <laughs> Once Angelos goes, I, I have no, a feeling. No, it's the Angelos family. You need to compel the Angelos family. I got to listen, man. Here's where I'm at. This dude, it's Rubenstein, right? This mm-hmm. dude, Rubenstein from Carlisle Group, is one of the most powerful, plugged-in, richest dudes on the planet. They're going to take care of all that stuff. I I don't think we need to stress it. I think good <laughs> times are coming for baseball teams in both beltways. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate it, brother. Um, let, let's go to James in Fredericksburg. What up, Jimmy? Hey, y'all. How you doing today? Doing good, man. How you doing? Good, good. Look and see what uh, B. Mitch's thoughts are on women's tackle football. I'm a defensive coordinator for a women's tackle team out of Richmond. See what your thoughts are on it there. Well, I, I have no, I like it. I have no problem with it. I used to be the assistant athlete, I mean, uh, general manager of the D.C. Divas. So I have no problem with it at all. We're actually scrimmaging the Divas next weekend there. So oh, you are? Cool. Yeah, I mean, on down. I've seen it. You know, I've seen a lot. I know a lot of people don't respect, but I have, I, I can say people don't respect it, but you know, instead of taking just the regular people to go play them, they went and found a lot of football players to go play them. And they listen more too, you know. You got, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The females, if I say go left, and they go right, you know, it's it was well, coach. You said go right last time, and no, they hold me accountable. So I mean, that's it's a good thing for everybody involved. But thanks, James. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you. I'm gonna try to get everybody through here. Bill is in Fairfax. Bill, ask me something. Yes, sir. Question. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Welcome. Every Saturday, I see these interior linemen for the major colleges 
and all of them, not everyone, but on a lot of teams, they're wearing these really nice knee braces to prevent future knee injuries and save their career. How come the NFL doesn't require interior linemen to wear those same protective knee braces to prevent, you know, you got a $50 million athlete. Why not put a little money into requiring to put that knee brace on to save those knees from being rolled up on and twisted and turned? I think you don't do it because if you tell them they have to wear it and then they get hurt with the knee brace on, that's a liability for you, right? Well, no. It's all about oh, I mean, it is. No, no. If they wear that knee brace because you told them they got to wear it, it's going to protect their knee, then they get hurt with it. There is a way they could come back and sue you. There's a lawyer you made that would take it. the case anyway. So I think a lot of colleges do it a lot. Once a guy gets to the NFL, you have a lot of guys that wear them in the NFL, but a lot of them don't. And I think those guys are the ones that have done it that way and then they don't feel comfortable with the brace. But if you tell a guy he's required to wear and something goes wrong, you're also liable for it too. Thank you, Billy. I'm going to try to get through these calls. Gabe is in Woodbridge. Gabe, go ahead, bud. Hey, Mitch, it's an honor to talk to you, man. Appreciate um, it, brother. I, I had a question for you. I try not to dwell too much like on the past because it just makes me sad. But that 91 team, like if you were to break down like into a pie chart, like let's say four things or five things, however you want to do it, like what made that team so damn good? And then if you can, like why did what, what happened to the momentum in like 92 and going on? Well, they had exceptional coaches. Uh, the offense was ranked, I think, top two. Defense was there, too. Special teams in the top five. Um, and then you had guys that were willing to do anything they needed to win. Uh, they didn't complain about much. They didn't sit up there and bicker and argue. And you had a family-oriented uh, type situation. And I think all those things together made us go. Uh, when somebody got hurt, somebody was ready to step up and was qualified to step up. So, But yeah. it started off with yeah. the exceptional coaching, which I feel they knew how to attack, how to approach each player to get the absolute best out of each player. Because if you go look at some of those talent, some of those guys on that team, compared to some of the talents you see around here today, they won't match up. But as yeah. a whole team and how they work together, they did. Yeah, and it makes sense because there really weren't, like, glaring, like, superstars on that team, which is crazy, you know? I yeah. mean, I know there was a ton of, like, killers, but, you know, none none of the, like, big-time names you're used to hearing in the 90s. But cool, man. Appreciate it, B. Hi, right, brother. Take care. Just look this up. Thank you, Gabe. If you look at the stats, the 91 skins, the top scoring offense in the NFL, fourth in yards gained, second in points allowed, third in yards allowed. That's just such a freight train. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, different league, different scoring numbers, but they were just piling Oh, there was a lot of points scored that year. Sure. (laughs) I mean, the yardage stuff is different, but – Rushing for over 2,000 yards, it, it, just a straight-up freight train. <laughs> uh, when we come back, I'm going to tell B-Mitch's story. Don't go anywhere. Shout-out to Caitlin Clark last night. Broke the NCAA women's all-time college basketball scoring After record. three shots. She's a badass, dude. Yeah. Like, 49 points, what, 11 assists? And, and apparently she said, you knew I was going to break that record with a logo three. <laughs> She's Steph Curry. She, yeah, to me, it's the closest comp I've Isn't seen. It, she and uh, no, Steph and somebody else gonna be shooting. Some other lady gonna be shooting. I can't imagine they contest. could have a college person doing it at the pro All Star game today. You can, probably right. Maybe she got a game. <laughs> I don't know. I saw I saw Shadour walking around Radio Row. I, you're right. <laughs> that that 
That Sanders situation seems a little different. Um, a couple things I wanted to read before we get to this dummy of a person. Um, listen to this. I'm guessing you're familiar. Maybe everybody's not. Athletes First is a huge agency in football. Yeah. Um, they they represent a ton of people you've heard of. Um, they represent a bunch of first round expected first round picks in this upcoming class. Athletes First is directing its prospects to not take cognitive tests in the pre-draft process this year. So what used to be the Wonder Lick, the new one is the S2, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, they're saying don't take them. And I think this is directly because C.J. Stroud last yeah. year, the results got leaked out. Um, and I think I think that's fair and kind of deserved. To be honest with you, what the hell does it tell you anyway? I, when I took the Wonder Lick, it asked me nothing about football. It asked me stuff like if you're going down the highway and the speed limit is 55 and it's, it's drizzling, should you A, slow down, B, keep riding at 55 miles per hour, C, speed up, slow down, right? Bam, done. But it, it's it's talking about like things you're dealing with. Then it asks you other questions about certain some of the stuff I I knew nothing about. So and the, all those tests, just like the ACT, the SAT, and all the PSAT, all that. A lot of them are put in in a way to where it it works against certain uh, people. So I wouldn't either. Tell them hell with you. If I, if I have to run a forty gut, you are gonna ask me well, if I'm going down the highway how fast I'm gonna do? No. Right. I think. I read this many, many years ago, back when Sports Illustrated was like a real publication and probably the most important in the world. I remember, do you remember when it was Spurs-Nets in the finals? Jason Kidd versus Tim Duncan. Remember that a million years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, and the Spurs smoked them. I want to say they won 4-0. Um, but there was this, at that time, this growing measure of the unfairness of athletic intelligence that people don't recognize athletic intelligence as being real. But when you think about guys like, especially a guy like Jason Kidd, huh? who just saw a million different angles. Yes. Like, does it matter what he got on the math portion of his SATs no. when he can see a basketball court and the vision he has compared to others? Um, I've always That's always been something I've thought of. And then I think back to when uh, Kentucky got to play Cornell in the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Cornell had some good shooters and, and got to the Sweet 16. And Boogie Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins, was asked about it. He said, this ain't no spelling bee. And went out there. <laughs> and Kentucky proceeded to beat the hell out of them. Yeah, yeah. And then the C.J. Stroud thing last year, I recognize that you don't want an idiot at quarterback. Like, there's a lot of processing that goes on. But if they've been able to do it at a high level, I think that's far more important than a dumb test. I think you give somebody a test like that, and you watch the guy play, and he's he make, in college, he makes every throw. He does everything. He doesn't get in trouble. You're going to take that one little test and decide what you're going to do with him? Shout out to Kalen Keller, a senior NFL writer for The Athletic, who, who got that story. Um, and I applaud athletes first. Like, Here's the thing. If the players stand up to it, they can, they can win. Yeah. They can be like, yo, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah, we're not doing this crap anymore. But it's, it's it's like just like a lot of the portions of the combine. A lot of people don't like dealing with it. Sure. Because if you look at it, it it's, it's not the best look. <clears throat> you know, 
You just saw me run around for four years. I've done everything. You you got every piece of my film on tape. Why do I have to go stand on a stage in front of you with just my shorts on? Now, the flip side is there are other guys that absolutely want that opportunity because maybe they were hurt. Maybe they had a bad quarterback. Maybe they didn't like their coach, and they want to show, yo, I'm way more than you saw on tape. I understand that. But I'm just saying, like, there, there's no— Me standing on the stage with my shorts on ain't going to tell you a damn thing about me playing football. But some dudes that didn't play major competition, and then they can show their athleticism, it may help also. That's not athleticism, standing on the stage doing nothing. Lifting. Running the three I'm not talking about that. I'm that talking stuff. about the standing on the stage portion. What is, what, there's not like a bathing suit competition. You stand on stage and they look at your body. When? In the combine. I mean, it's combine. I've never seen that part. No, you don't see that part. You just stand on stage and do look at you. You walk out there with your shorts on and they want to see all your angles. to t- I guess look at your body and see what you look like. That's ridiculous. But then I'll go lift the damn weights and go run. You gonna forget about all of that stuff because you say I look a certain way. All right, all the things that were told to me when I was going through the combine, I remembered every one of them that was stupid, and I was I would people would think I was mad at the team. No, your scout got you the trouble that you got. The the cow, I mean, it was uh the Steelers, the Arizona Cardinals, the Saints. Every time I played them, I bought every damn thing I had in me to destroy them. Because they said they're going to take you. They said no. They they was say little stupid stuff like one guy told me you always moving forward. You don't do a lot of dancing. I'm like, and what what's the problem with that? Well, you know, I think you should have a little bit more wiggle. I said, well, you go find somebody with some damn wiggle then. I said, because you play against me, I'm gonna bust that ass. And that was a Steeler scout. I love it. Um, we have a late entry to ask B Mitch anything. What you got from our guy Dwayne Corby, uh, avid listener of the program. I want Landfield to weigh in on this, too. Ask Beamich, would he rather go on a one-week guy's trip but have to share a room with the rooster the whole time or or lose an eight-leg, five-figure parlay by one bet? I think I'm going to go with rooster. <laughs> I'll share the room with rooster, but he got to have his own bed. We don't sleep in no bed. Landfill, a week sharing a room with Rooster, or you lose. By the time Rooster get up, I'm already gone. You lose ten grand by one bet. I would, uh, I would go with the Rooster. Um, oh, ten grand, just ten grand. Five figures. I mean, ten grand's the beginning. I, I, I was thinking like all the way up. I, I still go with Rooster. I'm gonna flip it. Would you rather go on vacation with Rooster for a week, or win a hundred bucks? I take a hundred bucks. Easy. Yeah. Over a vacation for a week? I'm going to spend more than that on the room. I'm going to just take my 100 bucks. Vacation with Rooster for a week or lose 500? I'm going to go with Rooster. What is the what is the balance point of I'm going to always take the money. But, but if now I got, you're losing money. But if I got if I got if I'm going to you say I'm going to lose 500. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Rooster. If I'm going to win 100, I'm going to take the 100. Lose 200 or Rooster for a week. I'm still going to go with Rooster for the week. Man, Landville, would you pay 200 bucks to not room with Rooster for a week? Listen, you go in a, you get, if you got the right room, hell, I got my own bed. I'm good. Hell, the room we had in, when we went to Pine Needles was like two stories. Yeah. You could, you could handle that. I can handle it. Landville, you lose 200 he, bucks to Rooster he, for he, a week. If he starts irritating me too much, 
I make him a little drink when and you, wake him up in the morning. You're now poisoning the rooster? Not poison. Just put him to sleep. Landfield, would you poison the rooster? For sure. Um, <laughs> all right. I want to briefly tell this story. Uh, this came out in New York Magazine oh, boy. last week. Um, uh, this woman's a financial advice columnist. I'm Don't re- listen to her, y'all. I'm going to repeat this. This woman is a uh, Charlotte Cowles. And I'm trying not to be, like, overly dismissive because I, clearly she was mentally messed with here. I received a lot of those same type of things she had. This feels like you get the email from the Nigerian prince about the 40K and you're going to get back $4 million. Yeah. Um, Charlotte Cowles pens a financial advice column for The Cut, the digital fashion news site that operates under the umbrella of New York Magazine. And on Thursday, she wrote a first-person account titled, The Day I Put $50,000 in a Shoebox and Handed It to a Stranger. I Never Thought I Was the Kind of Person to Fall for a Scam. Um, she did. $50,000 handed to a con man who claimed to be a CIA agent and ordered her to stuff a shoebox full of cash and handed it to a courier in a white Mercedes. Now, is it at all a coincidence that Jeff that, is not here? That Jeff all of a sudden found a new business plan of being either a carrier or a courier <laughs> and he had to leave early today. And to be clear, if so one of this something was going on and Jeff was involved, he'd be the person stuffing the money in the shoebox and handing it over. But listen, man. Somebody call you and tell you all this stuff is going on with you. But don't call the police, a lawyer, your husband, or the CIA. If you're from the CIA, I'm talking to the CIA. And why do I have to give you money? I think the toughest part is that not only did she lose 50K in a shoebox, but she's got to lose her job now. How can you possibly be a financial advice columnist when you handed somebody $50,000 in a shoebox? Here's what's crazy is, so this dude claimed he knew all of her information. And she texted her (laughs) husband, yo, we're in big trouble. My identity has been stolen. She was in deep. My identity was stolen, and it seems really bad. But then she checked her bank accounts, her credit card accounts, and her credit score. And everything was good. And everything was cool. At that moment, I'm calling somebody. You know, at that moment, I'm calling. Listen, we're going to deal what we deal with. God bless this lady for writing the story and kind of owning it. Um, But you might not get another job, woman. Moral of the story, landfill. Never put fifty grand in a shoebox and throw it in the back of a white Benz, even if Jeff is driving. Nobody go anywhere. You're listening to B. Mitch and Finley. Landfill, can Danny Hoo Hoo hear you? Uh, I mean, if I talk loud enough, you can hear me. For a moment, I thought that was Vic Ferreira, and I want to apologize to Danny that I thought he was Vic. I'm just saying. All I could see was the top of your head from above the sign, and I thought it was Vic, and I'm sorry I confused you for Vic. And if you want to fight him, you can, you should punch him in the face. I got to be honest. That's one of those tough ones. That's a t- I'm, tell- I'm, I'm sorry. You ever, you ever see a I'm picture sorry. of yourself and, not re- and you go, oh, my God, I'm so gross? Sure. That's like that, but, yeah. but a friend doing it to you. Um, I'm sorry. No, it's right before my show, and that's the confidence. Mm, right in the crapper. Thanks, buddy. But, <laughs> I'm sorry. I am sorry. Grant and Danny coming your way next. They're fired up for their Friday afternoon program. Um, Just sabotaging their shows beforehand. I, I didn't mean to. 
I was apologizing, Landfill. They had the similar haircut. All I saw was the top of the head. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, they do kind of have, and Vic, Vic is five foot four. That's Dude, weird. I only saw, he, he must have been bending over or something. <laughs> He's five four. You think maybe, a l- fi- maybe a little taller. I feel like five four is kind of offensive. I five six. Five six. How tall do you think Vic is, Landfill? He's not tall. He's five, not tall. six tops. Yeah, five six is tough for a dude. No, you Vic. Vic's cool. Vic it got a little attitude too. I thought Vic used to drive you crazy when he was doing your show. He would, but I like him because he never changed. See the thing about Vic him, is spunky. Once once you get find someone, if they could be obnoxious or whatever, or they could be just happy all the time, if they're always that way, I'm cool with it. Um, well, I know this much. Our guy, Jeff, Jeff Walker, a.k.a. Jeff is Jeff picking Too up $50,000 in the shoebox right now. Jeff definitely is driving around looking for shoeboxes. But <laughs> Jeff is always himself, no matter what. Oh, 1,000%. And because of that, I'm just going to assume Jeff did not leave any sort of notes or information about her to hear first all week. Of course he didn't. Okay. Um, so, in other words, I won. Well, you Probably. and I, I don't remember. Last night you were four and zero. I was three and zero. So I had to hit my parlay to yeah, win, and you didn't. I don't. I don't know. Do you know? Yeah, because I took the Jazz. I think you didn't hit. Do you know, or are you just assuming? I'm just throwing it out. You're there. just being B Mitch. <laughs> uh, let, let hey, do you I have just any told idea? you I like people that are consistent. Why would I change? I mean, that's true. That that is very consistent for you, <laughs> for Brian. Um, right, I'm gonna see if I, NBA schedule. All right, uh, that's not what I want. Jeff, we appreciate you. Le- now, Jeff did go get his five guys before he left, so I, I, I appreciate that. But it would have been cool if we had the betting information. But you know we wouldn't have that. All right. I, were the, I think the Jazz were plus three. It doesn't matter. You took Portland. No. The Jazz was minus two. No, they were getting points, but they didn't Minus cover. two and a half. No, they were plus two. No, I thought the Jazz at home, were, they were favorite. No, that's why I said. Or whatever, I we won. I won. You you won the week. You went four and one. I went three and one. No, I went four and zero. Oh. No, you had Portland. Who? I did not bet no damn Portland. Yes, you did. I didn't. I bet the the Warriors. Okay, well then I you, didn't take no Portland. I took the Warriors. I was on the game that was minus two and a half. Do you have the audio, Landini? No. Perfect. Maybe I have it. He just don't want to look for it. Jeff was trying to. Look you for won it. the week, sir. You had a good week. Yeah, I did. I still think you were on Portland, but whatever. No. Landfill, what are you doing for the three-day weekend? Extra sleep? I'm asleep. I'm going to take some naps. Will you shovel snow? God, no. It's going to be like 50 degrees this weekend. If there's enough snow at the Mullins house that requires shoveling, what happens? Buy a snowblower. Like, (laughs) a couple weeks ago, it snowed, maybe early January, it snowed enough that somebody had to shovel. Nope. Just just let it ride, baby? Let it ride. So like rains. I do, landfill. Yeah, that's why I have a that's why I have an SUV. Back right out and drive over it. I mean, you have a gigantic driveway and an SUV. I think landfill has a Chevy, Malibu, silly Malibu, silly Malibu. Malibus don't deal with snow. They just drive over it. Never snows in Malibu. Never baby. snows in Malibu. <laughs> um, thank you to everybody that listened to the program today. Thank you to everybody that listened this week. It was a busy week. Thank you to Bobby Blanco. Thank you to Chris Miles. Thank you to Doug Cameron. Thank you to Mike Beasley. Thank you to Jeff Walker. Jeff, give the lady back the shoebox. Thanks to all the callers. Thank you to all the callers. Grant and awesome. Danny. Good questions. Grant and Danny coming your way next. You made it this far. Jeff owes you a shoebox full of cash. 
Oh, my hips don't lie. I'm on tonight because my hips don't lie. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.